You watching me glow, you watching me go I'm all in my zone, I'm holding my own I'm feeling like Bane, I'm breaking your bones I am a blur, black and a nerd So this is my own, this is my zone And this is a show you already know like My grand blur, YouTube blur Everything I do so blur Bet you wish you so blur Cosplay blur All day blur Everything I do so blur Bet you wish you so blur Bet you wish you so blur Talking about what we heard Talking about what we seen All through the eyes of a blur Everything that we do urge Flying like a super person Plus I got super friends We be teaming up early Welcome to Blur Vision, your window into the world of all things geek, movies, TV, and news. We talk about it every week. It's your boy Jordan with WandaVision. Nah. I'm like literally starving for food right now, and Michael gives me two Reese's Pieces, so. He said he needed protein. Peanut butter has, it has <laughs> peanut butter in it. If I sound low energy, guys, that's because that's all I've eaten today. It's just <laughs> these two Reese's Pieces that Mike gave me. What the fuck is my password? I don't know. You should say it out loud, though, on the podcast for <laughs> everyone to hear. <laughs> L M. No, shut up. <laughs> All right, guys. This week we'll be talking about what else? WandaVision and Attack on Titan because the Blur Vision podcast has become the Attack on MCU Wanda. MCU anime. Yeah. It's, just att- it's not even on- MCU and anime. It's just Attack, it's on, attack Wanda. on Wanda. <laughs> but thank God that both of those shows are so fucking interesting that we could talk like for hours just on each of those shows alone. And then so. when they end. And we've got no, two weeks of misery. I was say, there's no show. <laughs> but, well, we have two week, weeks of misery, and then uh, Winter Soldier and Falcon comes out. Or Falcon and Winter Soldier. Put some respect on Sam Wilson's name. Yes. Yeah. Even though, I don't know why he's not Captain America and Winter Soldier. Because but... it has to have an arc. <laughs> okay. I, I mean, I agree with you. I should have been straight out the door Captain America, but, you know, you know whatever. Um, so what else do we have to talk about? Oh! Black people can't be great. I mean, talking about things that can't be great, uh, a certain trailer dropped on Valentine's Day this weekend. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. shit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to be positive, Michael. <laughs> okay, well, keep trying. I, you, you be positive for both of us. Okay. <laughs> I'll be the one that has my heart broken twice, but we'll also be talking about the trailer for Zack Snyder's Justice League. Put some respect on his name. Because it's not just Justice League anymore. It's Zack Snyder's Justice League, okay? Yes. It's as, if four we, as if we didn't know that already. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess it makes... They have. They will have to distinguish it. Gotta rebrand it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, before we get into all that, we have iTunes and emails. Uh, we do have one iTunes review. It comes from... Uh, King JJ the Third. Five stars. Miss Jaw, we come back. Oh, <laughs> Miss Jaw, welcome back. Uh, best blurred podcast out there. I think the reaction. Hey, really quick, tell people we're back because I keep getting messages like, "Are you guys? When are you guys coming back?" I'm like, "We've had like six new episodes. What are you talking about? How how more can I tell people we're back? Like, <laughs> I literally I literally got a message yesterday. Like, are you guys still, are you guys ever coming back? I'm like, we've recorded like six episodes. What kind of fans are you that you <laughs> subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud to know <laughs> when there's an announcement? I mean, there's a literally a notification if you're subscribed to us, guys. <laughs> You just expose yourselves as fake fans. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but yeah, guys, we're, tell your friends. Tell everybody. I mean, we, we post about it on our stories, so you would think it would, the word would spread by now. It's been weeks. Has it been like four episodes? That's, I think it's been like six. Oh, yeah. At, at, least, at least six. Because WandaVision. WandaVision, yeah. But yeah. well, we came back a little before that. Yeah. 
Come on, guys, get out of here. He says, I think the reason Vision can dispel the hex. Oh, remember we had that question? Like, uh-huh. why? How does his technology somehow undo her magic? I think the reason Vision can dispel the hex is because he is made from the Mind Stone. That's the only reason that makes sense in my mind. I yeah, agree but, with you, but where's the Mind Stone? Yeah, I was going to say, but the Mind Stone's not there. No. Whatever we see on his head is fake. Yeah. It's all an illusion. <laughs> um, but thank you for the iTunes review, King JJ the Third. Um, appreciate the being called the best blurred podcast out there. I was going to say, was that a review? or <laughs> That was the iTunes review. <laughs> well, no, I was saying, was that a... No, yeah, it wasn't really a review. Yeah. It was just like, a, hey, guys, welcome back. I could have an email, but we'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of emails, first email comes from John Nash 316 Here's the mail, it never fails It makes me want to wag my tail When it comes, I want to wail uh, Promise Neverland is its subject And the email says Promise Neverland is simulcasting on Funimation Again, someone answering one of the questions we had uh, Before we were talking about Crunchyroll it wasn't on, like, Promise Neverland's new season wasn't on Crunchyroll So I guess it's on Funimation Not that you're, have you watched any episodes yet? No? Okay. I don't have Me Funimation. <coughs> well, there you go. Uh, next email comes from, Hi, big fan. Also, could you please discuss this take I have on Attack on Titan? And this is from Sineev Shamisi. <coughs> I think this is a new emailer. Uh, Sineev says, Hello, I have been a long-time listener of the podcast. I'm glad to see you guys are putting out content consistently again. See? Sineev knows what's up. <laughs> Uh, I really wanted you guys to discuss something I came up with for the current event of Attack on Titan. Oh my god, this episode was so good. Uh, it's a little long, sorry. That's fine. Oh my god, it is a little long. All right, let's, uh, I'll blast through this. <laughs> Eldians are a really bad allegory for racism because you can almost understand and justify the hate they get. I'm sure racists would say the same thing yeah, about like, <laughs> 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 racists. <laughs> Uh, as a people, Eldians are the only people on Earth that can turn into Titans. These Titans have devastating power. One even has power equivalent to a mini-nuke. And when they were left unchecked, they ruled the whole world and subjugated the entire planet. I don't remember who says this is the anime, but someone said that they may have wiped out entire races that we don't even know about. They literally had to be in prison for 100 years by their own king, just for the world to catch up and get to equal footing. And even then, what well, my manga readers know, wink. Oh, what does that mean? You bastard. <laughs> Something's going to happen. Yeah, you bastard. I don't know what that means. Uh, in a sense, they had to be oppressed for the world to achieve equality so that everyone could have a chance in terms of survival. Otherwise, the world would still be under their rule. Uh, also, Marley was the ruling power because of Titans, not real military technology, and only decided to upgrade their technology because Titans were starting to get killed easier. This doesn't work as an allegory for racism because while we as humans have our differences and have our advantages and disadvantages, there are... There is distinctly no superior race, and there is no real justification for genocide of any race or culture. Eldians, however, are quite literally a superior race. Just take a look at the Ackermans. They are Eldians in human form who are far superior to any human on top of all Eldians being able to turn Titans. Yeah, they're, they're, their ability is like borderline on becoming a Titan without becoming a Titan. Super Saiyan, no. They're human Titans. Broly. His, his Broly's form in Dragon Ball Super the movie. Legendary Super Saiyan. Yeah, where his eyes are yellow like the Zaru form monkey, mm-hmm. but he's not a monkey. Uh, also, since the collapse of the Eldian Empire was only 100 years ago, the long-term ramifications of what they did must still very much be present, and some people must have had old family members that would have experienced the Empire. These Eldians would have been able to see the distinction their people cussed on top of their king abandoning them. 
This is probably why a lot of Eldians hate people from Paradise and themselves. This is why Eldian reactance, reactance groups that Aaron's dad was a part of, resistance groups, uh, was in complete denial of the invince, uh, events of the past and said that Eldians actually helped the world and didn't oppress anyone despite the truth. Eldians would be the equivalent of the British Empire or America and what is going on now and what would happen if everyone in America or Britain oppressed took revenge. I know this email is a little long. I am sorry. I appreciate it if you made it this far. I would love to hear your thoughts on this take. Thank you for the email, Sineve. I mean, it's an interesting take. And in some ways, he's not wrong. That it'd be like if black people did have the power to become... Like, but it's not like... But it's still a metaphor. Like, it's... the I, What were we going to say? I'll leave it to you first. I would say, but it's not... If I remember correct, because again, I'm like, I don't even remember the other seasons like that. Oh my God. <laughs> they weren't born... Titans, they were experimented on and they were given that like they became got the Titan juice or whatever. Is that no, I thought the idea was the founder Titan was the she just had that power and then she let nine people of her subjects eat her to split her power and then technology I thought the, the serum was a technolo technological way to do the same thing that the founding Titan can do, which is create Titans. I thought that was it. What is this? Isn't the serum like, like spinal fluid or something? It's, I think it's spinal fluid. But it's, but, I, but I'm saying like it's not like all of them can become, can become titans. You mean naturally? Yeah. No, but if the founding titan was still around, and had royal blood, couldn't they make titans without the serum? How did the colossal titans in the wall come to be? She gave birth to him. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like she, I thought the idea was the founding Titan can make Titans, but the, the serum was like a technolog technological workaround for that. I thought. That's a good question. Actually, I don't know. Yeah, that's why I'm like, I don't. But okay, so what was the point beyond that though? But the point is like, considering that it's not every, like everybody, like every, all the Eldians are in Titans. And then also it's not like, they're all like, to, it's almost like people like trying to blame a sect of people that commit violence. Like when they say, oh, I don't know, even though it's not true, they say, oh, Black Lives Matter is a terrorist organization mm -hmm. or whatever. So fuck all black people, more or less. Or, or fuck Black Lives Matter as a movement, even though, like, just because some extreme fat parts of it be, are part BLM and they're like, oh, they're, you're all terrorists because this, this this one person is a terrorist or something like that. To that yeah. Equipment, right? So it's like, we have, you got Marlians that are terrorists too. So does that mean all the Marlians need to die and shouldn't be trusted? No, that's not how it's been work going in this show. Yeah. I get where he's coming from where he's saying like the, the metaphor breaks down when one particular race can objectively become more powerful than all other races. So it's like the humans. And I think it's really interesting because Aaron himself, this episode kind of exemplifies it's like being a mad bomber, but you're the bomb. Mm -hmm. So I get where he's coming from, but I feel like if the metaphor still holds because it's a metaphor and like uh, the cause of Titan being a nuclear bomb, forget the fact that a person can become a nuclear bomb. I think the idea in terms of a metaphorical sense is just that, we are paying the price of the crimes of our ancestors in the same way that let's say like, you know, at one point there's an African dynasty, the African empire that eventually was destroyed. Like it'd be equivalent of if the African empire had nuclear bombs was dismantled over time by what the white man. And then 
you know, history picked up as history is now. And we, black people modern day, are being discriminated against based on, let's say, if the African empire back then was a world power and controlled everything. So uh, over racism is still racism. Regardless of the fact that it's years later, because we're enduring the... The, the negative impact of things that we had no control over and we're, we ourselves are not responsible for those things. It's just a recycling of the, the cycle of pain, the cycle of, you know, destruction. And then, and and then not and only just that, like you can literally, hatred, revenge, you can literally take the same allegory and apply it to X-Men because they're people with enormous power. Like you have Omega level mutants. Yeah. And does that necessarily justify all the anti-mutant racism and hatred just because you have people that can literally destroy the world. They haven't destroyed the world. Like, if you think about it, Magneto was a terrorist because he was attacked during the Holocaust. Here's a better example. It'd be as if... And that was before he was a mutant. Who, who made the nuclear bomb? A German? Who was the, 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 the race of the person who made the nuclear bomb? I think he... I think it was a German. Whatever. Let's just say white. A white person once upon a time made a nuclear bomb. That'd be the equivalent of if today we were discriminating against white people because of that one person making a nuclear bomb. You know, it's still racism. It's, it's, I feel like the metaphor still holds. It wouldn't make any sense for us all to be like, well, a white person made a nuclear bomb once upon a time, so all white people are bad. If that was the logic. Mm-hmm. Most people are bad, but not for that reason. <laughs> I was thinking in my head, I'm like, well. I know, I know, you look at me like this. I was like, I, I was like well, aren't they though, Jordan? But I'm like, I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> But I mean, it's a, he raises a, a, an interesting point that, but but I think your point is also very valid that it's the same. If we can agree that X Men are a metaphor for racism, it's the same exact thing. Some X Men do have the power of gods, literally, but that doesn't take away from the the metaphor that these people are discriminated against solely based on the fact that they're different. And that's it. And it's not mm-hmm. even just that different. It's based on an irrational fear. Because that's really what it comes down to. Even the the theme right now in Attack on Titan is. The Eldians and people in Parody Island don't understand why the world can still hate them if they don't even know them. They're basing their hate on something irrational because something based on something that's not happening now. Yes. Yeah. And then plus they're separate. Like there's the, the, the Eldians are all on Paradise Island away from the Marlians and the his, 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 whatever the other place is and the black people. Oh, the Hazami, Hazanami. Yeah. yeah. So it's like... But yeah, even though they're, and again, it's like, like the black analogy, you, you hate, white people hate black people, so that even when black people move away and get their own nation, white people can't seem to leave us the fuck alone. They come into our, our, our environments, our homes, our neighborhoods, and attack and bomb and rape and kill and pillage, and so then that creates uh, resentment, and then you want to go back and attack them. It's the same. It's the same shit. Same yeah. thing with like again. And it's mu- hard when you're in the position. mutant analogy. They went off and created Krakoa, and what happened? White people, uh, not white people. I'm seeing now I'm on my white. <laughs> the white <laughs> yeah, man. Because <laughs> I literally was watching like uh, One Night in Miami, which is yeah one of those r- racist movies. But anyway, <laughs> so I'm on my white people raid shit. But when they moved to Krakoa, what happened? People came and attacked mutants and ended up assassinating Professor Xavier and all these other people, mm. even though they tried to set up their own island yeah and it's just a, a very it's very similar to what happens in real life like what we just watched in Watchmen, for example mm-hmm. the tulsa massacre it's the same shit yeah even that even happened in major like, and matrix also was kind of well the matrix anthology is kind of a metaphor for racism too but racism against machines 
Remember that whole backstory? Yeah, I was going to say, nah, humans fucked up on that one with the Matrix. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. It's the same thing. The machines were discriminated against. They moved away to their own, like, their own little utopia, tried to make their own world. And then humans were like, well, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you for trying. <laughs> yeah. I think that's just kind of human nature. It, it seems like this is a thing that repeats. I know it is human nature. Like, humans are shit. Humans <laughs> <laughs> <You were> are <the> trash. <laughs> Uh, but thank you for the email, uh, Steve. That was that was a really good question. Because like, if you really think about it, if you think like really, good, really interesting take, I would say. Like if if the human race were to come to, like really come together, like you just think about the shit that we could accomplish. Yeah, but fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next email comes from Gilbert Ramos. Spoilers for Shazadam news. Ugh. Oh, that name is so bad. Hello, fellow blurds. I hate to be that guy, but I don't like when nerds get the wrong idea all because of a clickbait article. Oh, did we get something wrong? So last week you guys said that Bleeding Cool Report DC was planning on changing Black Adam's name to Shaz Adam, which is not actually true. Really? You gave us fake news, Michael. Well, let's see what he says. <laughs> well, it's Bleeding Cool. And, and I, I think I mentioned... I said, Bleeding Cool said that it was Shazadam, but then I was like, but IGN is saying it's not true, so I don't know which one is real. Mm, okay. The real story is that there is a comic book coming out in March in which the word Shazadam is said in reference to Black Adam, but throughout the rest of the book, they keep calling him Black Adam. So just because of one line, the internet is already making articles to get some clicks. This brings me to other to my other point. I come to realize I don't really care about spoilers because most of the time I watch shows, movies way after they are made. I don't really understand why people get so mad about spoilers given that 90% of the stories we watch or read are pretty much the same. You speak for yourself. <laughs> so what is it that people hate about spoilers? Sorry for the long email and watch Dr. Stone. I mean, I think it's a pretty simple, straightforward answer for that. I don't like spoilers because it robs me of the 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 ex- unique experience in that moment of surprise, right? It's simple. Yeah. Like, and sometimes a spoiler might not ruin the entire experience of something because it's like, you know, if, if something is well-crafted, just that surprise shouldn't be the only thing that you enjoy when you walk away from something, like some piece of media. But I will always say that there's never an instance where not being spoiled hurts an experience. You know what I mean? Like, it, spoiling can only hurt the experience. It can't. It can never help it. And it could at best be neutral. It's yeah, like, like even uh, Iron Man showing up to help Peter Parker with the with the train. I mean, uh, the the ship wreck. Yeah, I would have much Spider-Man, rather. Yeah, I would have much rather been surprised yeah. as opposed to seeing. It's like, oh well, we know it's coming. It's because we saw it in the trailer. Yeah. So I'm not. It robs so, the suspense of that entire sequence. So you know, some people when they hear spoilers, they become like really aggressive like fuck you oh, I can't I can't <laughs> I'm never gonna be able to watch it like I'm not like that. like if I know what's ha- like it's like the same thing like when you read a book and you go watch the movie you know what's gonna happen because you read the book mm. but <clears throat> at the same time what makes that a little bit different than actually getting a spoiler is it's one thing to read something and it's a whole nother thing entirely to see it, you know, see it visually because you don't necessarily know how the director is going to do it, if they're going to take the exact same thing that happened. In the, so you don't necessarily, even though you kind of know, you still don't know. Yeah, you might know how. As opposed to being told literally like the frame by frame, you know, this is going to happen and why this is going to. So yeah. like imagine if we would if we knew in Avengers Endgame that Captain America was going to grab me on there. Yeah. Like the reaction that the audience, like the whole theater uh, yeah, because oh, it was yeah. unexpected. It was yeah. a surprise. So if people knew about that, like that was one of like the highlights of like theater moment nerd them history. Exactly. So yeah, 
Would it, would knowing that kill the movie? No. No, it wouldn't kill the but movie. But would it have hurt that? It would that, kill that moment. Yeah, that experience, that moment. Yeah. Yeah. Don't spoil this, bro. <laughs> Even though I spoil people all the time on things. I don't mean to. I'm sorry. Even, I'll take it to this this week. The stuff with Aaron in this episode in Attack on Titan. If I had known he would have that reaction to Hange. Or Hange. Hange. Yeah, Hange. Hange? Hange? Hange. Hange. <laughs> even, even something as small as how the episode opens. If I had known it was going to flip that way. I it's not it wouldn't kill the episode for me, but it would be like a, oh, I, I I saw this coming now, but the way it opened, I was surprised by it. I was like literally laughing for the first like little two minutes. I was like, I can't believe, they they did it again. They took like a, a really suspenseful epic ending and just flipped it like nah. <laughs> you thought you thought this, but no, nah, it's this. It's like wow. Uh, well, I'll elaborate when we get to it. Uh, and is that all for emails? Thank you for the email again, Gilbert. Uh, I think that was it. Yep. So that's it for emails this week. Since we're already talking about Tech on Titan, let's just jump right into it. Let's start with uh, this week's episode of Tech on Titan. And I think it was episode 69 on Valentine's Day, which is adorable. <laughs> uh, bah, bah humbug. Oh, wow. <laughs> Bro, you have your sex butt. Like, what is the issue here? Let's talk about Tech on Titan. For those that don't know our rating system here on Blurred Vision, I will drop it here. We here at Blurred Vision have a very simple rating system. It goes from poor vision to perfect vision. In the middle, there's passable, and then you have less than passable and more than passable. Thank you, Catchupon. So, this episode's title was A Sound Argument. Once again, it's a very story-based episode, lots of talking. But goddammit, with Attack on Titan, I say it every week, but the talking is just as fucking suspenseful as action scenes. Yes. Because there are a lot of fucking revelations in this episode. I don't even know where you want to start. Start from the beginning. Let's start from the beginning. Let's go full spoilers though, guys. Warning. We're going balls deep in this. Spoilers from the start. Bro, the fact that the episode, last episode ended with that really... Sakai Or whatever oh, he said. Tadakai. Yeah. Fight. Fight. And we were talking about before, I'm like, man, Aaron's slipping. He's, 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 going, coming, he's becoming unhinged. Nobody's in the mirror fucking chanting to themselves about fighting. I'm partly confused about the timeline, though, because it seemed like... There was a lot of time skipping back yeah, and forth. Yeah, there's a lot of time skipping back and forth, so I'm like, wait, where are we? You have, to, you have to look at their hairstyles. <laughs> <laughs> and they also grow a little bit. Like, I guess because in those four years, they're all hitting, like, super puberty, going from, like, 15 to 19. Yeah, but the, I didn't grow that much. <laughs> Me either. But it's anime. You know, you know anime is. You're, like, 20, but you look like you're 30 or something. <laughs> like you're and then when you hit 50, you shrink. Yeah. <laughs> you become an old man when you're yeah. 30, fucking... <laughs> Um, but just the way it opened with Hanj being there in the room, 
Like, or in this case, outside his outside cell. Outside his cell. Like, bro. Like, and then who are you talking to? Yeah, <laughs> you're saying fight over and over again. I mean, that's weird. I don't ever talk to myself in the mirror. Do you talk to yourself in the mirror often? Or <laughs> like, yo, she's so so. It's so weird because it went from kind of concerning and really intense in the last episode to just open, cold, comedic. Like, just it complete heel turn in in tone. But but she was still trying to interrogate him. Yeah, but in a very Hanj meme worthy way. Yeah. And then you see Aaron's complete like change in the character. Like, it, I didn't understand. He's not just, slipping. I think he slipped. He's completely slipped. Yeah. And we need to talk about why. Because they only kind of mention it offhand in this episode. But it seems like uh, the Beast Titan, uh, Zeke, had a plan. At first in the past, when they show Aaron uh, in a time, in a flash, in a flashback, mm-hmm. he's completely against he's, the plan. Yeah. Like, fuck that shit. But then clearly. Now he's, he's for it. Yeah, he's for it. And he went against uh, the Survey Corps' wishes went out there to get himself uh, uh, hostageified, you know, without anybody's approval, and now he's completely like cold to everyone. So now I'm wondering what happened. Well, I mean, they obviously they have to. They mentioned Zeke. Uh, Connie mentioned that Zeke and Aaron had a conversation. Yeah, they had a conversation, and nobody, nobody was in the room when it happened. In the room where it happened. Yeah, see, that's why the music was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah, Hamilton. Um, but yeah, so I'm like. What the fuck did Zeke say to him? Yes, I want to be in the room. <laughs> For the last time. Yeah, man. What? I want your respect. Come on, prediction. prediction put, the, put the prediction cap back on. What the fuck did Zeke say to him to completely... I can't even say, because at first I was like, maybe he revealed that he was, that they're related. So that kind of... But, but, he, but he, and that's what I was about to say. <laughs> but, he already, but he already knew that. So... Yeah. He was saying, fuck Zeke. Like, hardcore. Like... Zeke Yeager can shove it up his ass. So I'm like, like there's, right. so, there's something that maybe there's something that we don't know that he had to. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I the only thing I can there's think something of, there's something that he would have had to have said to make him change like that. But I'm like, I don't know what is knowing that Isayama only puts things in the story that's important. And once again, I'm going back to that that thing where I, remember last week I was talking about like him laughing and how that was weird, but I felt like it wasn't laughter the way the characters might interpret it, which is him being unhinged or being crazy. Maybe, I, I can't, I don't want to believe that Aaron just out of the blue talked to Zeke once and just lost his damn mind and went from being sweet, wholesome Aaron we saw in the flashbacks to who still had personality and was telling everybody, hey man, I love you guys. You guys are the most important people to me. When everybody was like basically throwing themselves at his feet to be like, hey, we got to decide who's going to be the next founding an attack titan. Who's it going to be? And he was like, I don't you know. Like- that scene was funny. It was funny. It was really cute. Connie, he's like, Connie, you can't have it. You're an idiot. And then <laughs> Sasha, you're more of an idiot than me. Huh? 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 <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, Sasha. <laughs> but it was really adorable how like you could tell they all become like a family unit where like they all were willing to sacrifice themselves rather than the person next to them. And it just makes you go back to, okay, if Aaron loves him so much, I'm with that conversation that we're sitting in on with Connie and the group. I'm with them where I'm like, yeah, okay, he says he loves us, but he also objectively threw us all in harm's way just to complete this mission that we don't know why he decided to do that. Like, what made Aaron this cold? Which is something he's never done, despite, because no. they even mentioned, like, even though Mikasa is the most capable of all of them, he still would not want her to be in danger. But now he's like, fuck that. Yeah. 
it seemingly didn't give a fuck to put them all on the front line just to save him to complete that mission. So like I was saying, I feel like it's got to go back to that thing with the time. Like, I want to think that he was laughing because he knows what's going to happen. That power, something, something with the Titan power and being able to see the past and the present, I'm like, can you see the future? And maybe he was laughing and he asked Connie what her last words were to confirm that if he knew Sasha was going to die, maybe he saw a vision of her saying meat before she died. So when he asked that and he said meat, because it's so comedic. Why would they have meat be her last words and end on like a dramatic scene? Yeah. It's got to be I like... Mean, but it's also very Sasha. <laughs> it is very Sasha. But I mean, I feel like if you wanted it to be very like painful, you wouldn't have used meat. I feel like it's, it's meat and he laughs. Not because it's like, oh, it's a, she said it was weird. She said a weird shit before she died. Or he was so emotional that he's laugh crying like he did when um, uh, he kind of lost his mind before he touched the founding titan, which was his mom. Not, no, not his, no the, before the, he touched the, his the, mother titan. His, uh, not his mother, but... Uh, half-mother? Yeah, half-mother. Yeah, half-mother. Um, I, I got to believe that it's something to do with him knowing the future. And maybe that's what he talked to Zeke about. Maybe Zeke also knows that about the Titan ability. And he's like, yeah, we can see the past, present, and future, baby. And this is the plan. This is the only, this is the, because it's got to be a thing where this is the only way to complete our goal. Whatever but then the I'm wondering to, to a certain extent, like how, because even that guy, when he was saying Mika said the, the Titan from the past, he didn't know he was seeing the future. Like he was calling, he was saying Mika size. He was confused. They yeah. You're like, wait, I don't know those names. So I, so it's gotta be a, somehow it's gotta be connected. Otherwise, what what turns Aaron? Or is heart? he seeing the past? And or, or that maybe he's seeing something that happened in the past that would make everything make sense, and it's worth sacrificing his friends for that sake. See, I don't know. I, well, I, I want to say the future just but, because... But then I'm wondering, is he actually sacrificing them or is he just pushing them away? Or maybe... Huh. That's a good question. I don't know. Okay, but... Or, or in a Dr. Manhattan way, he knows maybe he has to die in the end. So he's getting them to the place... Because remember, Mika says, like, I'm not going to kill him. And then they're questioning her. Oh, that, was, that moment was so good where they start talking about, like... Hey, um, so Aaron's kind of fucked up now. What do we do if he becomes an enemy that we actually have to stop? And Mikasa's like, I won't let you! I'm like, yo, Mikasa, chill! <laughs> like, <laughs> but see, that's what scares me. It's like they're, they're, they're totally positioning him now to be the villain. Like, through all the conversations happening, it's, I only see that being the road now. And I'm like, what happened? Aaron? Yeah, I mean, it's very Daenerys, but in a better way. <laughs> in a much better way because I'm still on his side. I'm still rooting for it. that moment. Even though it was fucked up, I was so hyped when he like snapped on Hanj and was like, "You know, I got that Warhammer Titan now, right? You know, I could go underground. Yeah, I, Nothing, no prison. Yeah, can no prison. Uh, yeah, you can't do. What are you gonna do to like, me? I can, I can kill you all right now. I will fucking, I will become a Titan right now, Hanj. <laughs> and his eyes change. Yeah, his eyes change. And the electricity starts coming out. Which I'm, I'm like, like, but he didn't hurt himself. So is his power? So has he just become that much more powerful? I think so. Yeah, I, I'm you, like, part of me was like, is that for the audience or is that really happening? That's what I was wondering because even when he fought the Warhammer Titan, he still had to bite himself. Yeah. Maybe just now that he's got the Warhammer power, maybe the Warhammer... Wait, did the, War, the Warhammer didn't bite herself, did she? Well, we don't know. We never saw it. But we did see. We saw before she transformed. I mean, she was bleeding because she hurt her head. Maybe that was enough. Yeah, maybe. But yeah, she didn't like bite herself before. She, she just kind of just did it. So maybe he has that ability now where he can just do it. 
So also, Aaron. Because I'm like, if she was bleeding, maybe that was yeah. Because remember yeah. when uh when he first trans when he transformed with uh Reiner and uh, Falco in the room. Yeah. He had the cut on his hand, but he didn't transform immediately. It's just yeah. as long as he had the cut. Yeah, you're right. That might have been enough. But I mean, either way, the fact that he's now gotten to the point where like I will blow. I could. I am a fucking god. <laughs> you can't kill me. Cause I got the Falcon Titan. You can't kill Zeke because we need him for the Beast Titan. What are you gonna do? It's like, yo, what happened to you, Aaron? And then Han tried to play it off like, oh, you pervert, don't touch me. But I'm like, no, I was scared. <laughs> I was scared in that moment. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. I just feel like the writing's on the wall now that Aaron is going to be the bad guy. I mean, just like I'm just saying, Wanda got to go to jail. Aaron got to die. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, did you... Let's talk about Armin and him being the one that actually came up with like the possible plan. Yeah, that he to have him taken out. Yeah. He's like, yo, I don't know that guy no more. Uh, he's kind of scary. So, worst case, we'll talk to him. You know, me and Mikasa, we're all friends. But, you know, worst case scenario. Yeah, we need to pick somebody. We have the serum now. It's an option. But even then. But is it? But I was going to say, even then, like, how do you, because in order for somebody to eat Aaron, he has to comply. Like, yeah, he has to let it happen. Yeah, he has to let it happen. If he doesn't want. It, or, or be so weakened that he can't fight back, like Bertolt. Because yes. Bertolt was just, like, exhausted. Yes. Yeah. But who's strong enough? within the survey corps to get him to that point. I mean, I guess Mik- Mikasa, maybe if she really would like, she's the only one maybe that wanted to, that can take out Aaron. But even then, not really. I mean, now we don't she, know. Cause one is like one strike. He's dead, but they don't, they can't kill him. They need that power. I mean, but even beyond that, now we just don't know how powerful he is. We haven't seen what the attack Titan is like with the Warhammer with Titan. The Warhammer Titan yeah. Maybe he'll be so OP that he can't be stopped by like Mikasa or, even a Levi, maybe. Because he also has that gl- the 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 heart and crystal. Power. Yeah. So maybe that could protect his neck. Maybe. Maybe he's not. Even, <laughs> doesn't have to be in his neck, like you said. He could be underground. He could be in any part of the body. Like, it it it's made him dangerous. Um, and the fact that it was Armin that had the idea, I was like, oh, my bro, for real. <laughs> That's a low, low Armin. What fucked me up this episode? Maybe even more than Aaron going full Mad Bomber on Hanj. They knocked up my best waifu. Oh, uh, Historia? They made Historia Preggers, man. What happened? That's, that, I think that was on purpose. What do you mean? Because like, the, the guy was saying that, um, that um, she got pregnant because they know if she becomes pregnant, they won't make her become a titan. Yeah. But I don't even think it's, I don't even think it's that. I think it goes back to the whole, the whole breeding and that they were talking about before. That is gross. Cause at first she said no, but I'm thinking yeah. I'm like, eh, maybe now because no wait, like, did she say yes first? Her first reaction. Oh no, yes, Aaron. Yeah, Aaron, Aaron said, said no. no. So I'm I was thinking, like, yo, you down to get just like just like trained? Like what's happening here? Because <laughs> they haven't really said. I mean, they kind of touched on it, but they didn't really say who the father was. Well, they said it was a guy that she used to know. That's what I'm saying. They kind of touched on it, but I'm like, there's more to that. But I feel like it doesn't matter who the father is because you see, look at her eyes. It, it seems like she didn't even want to do it, but she knows it's the only way to whatever the plan is, whatever she needs to be pregnant for, whether it's not to become the Beast Titan or whatever, or, or if it's to pass uh, on the lineage. More, yeah, have more royal DNA out there. Whatever the reason is, the way they show her eyes, and they, they made a point to show her eyes, not only when she was sitting there full pregnant, but even in the flashback where they were talking about her going to the farmhand. And even the fact that it's like they, they mentioned it's a guy that we've never seen before, but it's just somebody she used to know. It just seems like someone told her, yo, you got to get pregnant. 
And she was like, fuck. At first, okay. I thought it was going to be with Aaron. <laughs> like, me too. Me too. Because of the, the whole, like, um, what did Han say? Like, I didn't think he would sacrifice historian. Yeah. So I was like, what does that mean? So maybe Aaron told her, yo, you got to get pregnant for wherever the plan is. And she was like, I, I guess so. I don't want to. Yeah, because that, that was part of the plan. And it seems like Aaron is fully on board. Sacrificing story means you got to let her get knocked up by some rando. And I, and I feel like it was just some random guy she used to know just because it's like, if you think about it, if someone told you, yo, you got to get pregnant, bro, uh, for the, for the sake of our whole human race, like you would just pick somebody that you kind of like, but you don't really like, like if you don't, if you didn't actually have like a, some, a sniffing other, you just pick somebody like, well, I kind of like that guy from accounting. He was okay. I guess like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and so she looked, she looked defeated. Like right, if I got to let this guy fuck me, I guess so. Which is like, this is a tackle Titan. What the fuck? <laughs> where, where is this coming from? This is weird. I mean, I, I, I still like, I, I need to know where it's, where it's going. Cause yeah, I don't, I don't know what, what the end game is for her being pregnant. I just find it gross. I find it, you know why I don't like it? it it's like, for me, it's body invasion. And, and then, yeah, then not only just, yeah, not even just that, but your body's it, being used. For yeah. I was just about to say like, and then it goes all the way back to like, cause, cause I'm more closer to this, but the idea of chattel slavery, like you got to keep this, you, we need more slave. Eventually the slaves we got are going to oh. get old and die. Oh, you made it dark. So, <laughs> I mean, darker. I mean, I was going to say it's already dark. <laughs> yeah. Shit. So we gotta, you gotta force breeding. Like put these two, put these two mules together, so we can have more slaves. Jesus. That's essentially what it was. I mean, that's what it felt like. I mean, uh, so now it's just skeevy to me. Unless it turns out that child is the avatar, <laughs> <don't know. laughs> the chosen one. Yeah. <laughs> like, what is the plan? And that's basically what this whole episode was about. It was just like trying to figure out, like, catching up again with the uh, the flashbacks of the parodies island characters. And kind of fill in the gap of where we are now in the story versus. Where and it we doesn't were. seem like we're done with the flashbacks because last week was three years ago. This week was two years ago. So I'm guessing next week could probably be a year ago. Mm. And also at the same time, the confrontation with Armin Mikasa and Aaron to try and pick his brain, even though he's. I, it's not, again, I don't think it's a coincidence that the last two shots of this episode were Aaron in jail, jail cell and it cut to Zeke sipping his tea with Levi. Like, I never would have thought. Like, that Zeke and Aaron have become the villains of the series. And, and in some ways, Aaron's I'm more... I was going to say, is, is Zeke even early a villain? Say, we still don't even ways, know... Aaron's more outwardly menacing than Zeke is. I was going to say, we still don't even know what his motivation is and why he turned against the Marleans. Uh, yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, other than he just wants to free the Eldian people. But it's weird because his, he was against that Fuck when his father... What? Oh, sorry. What the fuck? As I'm going through news, I see a thing that says... uh. Uh, Finn Jones said if season three of Iron Fist would have continued, we'd have finally seen him become the true Iron Fist. My nigga, you had an had... uh, iron gun at the end. Yeah. What is true Iron Fist about anyway? <laughs> uh, oh, we didn't mention. I'm like, he was already the Iron Fist the first season. And it was trash. All trash. The true Iron Fist was uh, Colin Wynn. Yeah, that Colin Wynn. That was the true Iron Fist. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, um... We we didn't mention the fact that Mikasa's suddenly a princess. What? <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. That was about. so random. <laughs> she's she's the ro- royal bloodline or something. Yeah. By the way, Ackerman. you're Japanese. But I'm like Japanese is a thing. You're half Japanese and you're our shogun princess. But what? <laughs> she's. I'm like, but isn't what's his face Ackerman too? So does he not have a? Well, he didn't have that symbol. That's what I'm saying. Like, how does that work? <laughs> I guess, but. 
She was a specific Ackerman. What would you rate this episode of Attack on Titan? Um, perfect vision. Yeah, I give it perfect too. Every episode just builds on the intrigue, and just, this had fucking weird swerves. That historical pregnancy fucked me up because she was. So- I wonder if she has princess power. What do you mean princess power? Mikasa. Like Historia has royal blood power. Like what makes her important? Like granted, I get because she's royal, but Is like it Titans because <laughs> the Titan power. But I'm saying. Like, does she have, like, I don't know, like, because they've been ruling, they've been, because they seem so excited to find her. Well, I was like that weird thing where they wanted to use her to make money or something like that. Like, I remember the, her licking her lips, like, mm, hey, we're going to use you to fucking. Yeah, that was creepy. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like what the <laughs> fuck? I thought you were a cool Japanese lady. What happened? <laughs> You're weird. Um, or Hazuna, or whatever they call themselves, because it's like made up names for the races. <laughs> All right, I guess that's it for Attack on Titan. Let's get into this week's episode of WandaVision. Episode's title this week, Malcolm in the Middle. <laughs> Basically, um, it was something with Halloween. Oh yeah, it was like uh, terrifying Halloween special or some bullshit like that. Something like that. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, it's the Halloween episode. Um, and now we get to see Quicksilver, or who, who might be Quicksilver, interact with Wanda and the family. But I like the fact that the kids kind of like take over the main character role because they they use Malcolm in the Middle as a framing device. That's what it is, right? Like, I I'm basing it off of the theme song and the fact that they do the thing like Malcolm in the Middle. They never, really turn to the camera. <laughs> I never watched Malcolm in the Middle, so what? I can't, so I can't comment on that. But really? I did hear that it was that this episode was Malcolm in the Middle. But then it makes me wonder specifically about this episode because they've been going throughout the decades. Why they skip the '90s? I mean, Malcolm in the Middle on the, at, in the cusp. It was like... It's, it's two, it came out in 2000. Like, exactly 2000. Exactly 2000. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you, oh, what was the thing you, you said watched, that it should have been? Remember last week you were talking, we were talking about what the 90s... like Full what, House. Full House. I didn't do Full House. Right. But, um, which is a missed opportunity. But uh, what I was saying is... They made in, Quicksilver Francis from Malcolm in the Middle. He was and, like the, the bum older brother. I don't know. Uh, that's basically what I just said like. I didn't see Malcolm in the Middle. My bad. <laughs> but, I like Malcolm in the Middle. It was funny. But I feel like, well, like like I said, hey, I don't know why they skipped the '90s. But then also with this episode, I do feel like they were incorporating both 2000s. They were like melding 2000s and 90 mm. together because if you think about the uh, when they went to the theater, it was The Incredibles, which came out in 2004, but then it was Parent Trap, which okay, came out okay. in '98. Oh, 
And then the commercial for this episode, which we'll get to later, but that was a very 90s commercial. That was very Capri Sun. That was like uh, the, what, what's the fuck? What the fuck is that shark cartoon? I can't think of the name. Shark cartoon? It was like a shark cartoon. Street Sharks? Street Sharks. Jawsome. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, I mean, so we're mentioning the commercial. What did, do you have an interpretation of what that is? My assumption was it's, since everything's basically her. You're girl, wrong! Oh, <laughs> well, because everything's been her, like all commercials have been like her grief and her, the tragedies in her life. I assumed because the, the, the thing where like the shark gives the kid yo magic and it's like a go-gurt kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And he, he tries to open the thing and then he dies because he can't open it in time. And it's like, yo magic for the, the snack for survivors. Is that, and because also Quicksilver's in an episode, is that supposed to be a, like a metaphor for when they got trapped? Uh, and then got found by Hydra and given powers? Were they, were they trapped by Tony Stark's thing? <laughs> I laugh so much because everybody has such a different interpretation of this commercial. This one was weird. What like, did you think it was? I heard some people say it's a connection to the Soul Stone. Soul Stone? Why? Everybody, some people think every commercial is a, 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 a play on the Infinity Stone. So the first one was the Power Stone. Why? With the the bomb. Okay. The second commercial. Wait, what was the second commercial? <laughs> uh, black and white. So wasn't one like a toaster? No, the first one was the toaster. Okay. And the, second the third one was the soap. I'm trying to remember what the second one was. Fuck. I also don't remember. But they're saying each one's an infinity that's, that's what That's what some people are saying. So they're saying the soap was the because it was blue, yeah, or whatever. That's the time. That's the tesseract, the space stone. But why? Like, why would it be infinity stones? I don't know. That's, <laughs> that, 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 well, that's why. That's why I'm saying like everybody has different interpretations of these commercials, and I'm just like some of them are just like like the like the like the infinity stones. I'm like, nah, I feel like that's, that's a, a stretch. That's a bit of a stretch. I don't, I don't understand what, what would be the end goal of that. Like and why the And plus in some in some way granted Vision has a stone on his head even though I don't think it's real. It's not but real. I don't that, yeah, but I don't know if Marvel's going to keep going back to the stone. Well, granted with the exception of Loki cuz he's a little that's how he's traveling through space. Yeah. But I'm like I feel like the Infinity Saga is done. Like I don't think they're going to keep going back no. to the stones. And I don't feel like it makes sense for the stones to be related to Wanda anyway. Like, other than the Mind Stone, I don't feel like why... The Infinity Gems have nothing to do with this illusion. I, I wouldn't guess. But so. yeah, this this uh, this commercial was different than all... Because literally, like you said, every commercial has been connected to her trauma. But I'm like... but this, It's called Yo Magic. Yes. Your but, Magic, right? But I'm like, but this one, I don't know if it was... Because I know a lot of people keep saying it. And, I, and I'm part of this too, but then I'm like... Because a lot of people keep saying that, like, they feel like Mephisto is the main villain of this. But then as we got to this episode, and I'm watching it, I'm like, all right, we're in episode six now. I feel like at some point we would have gotten a hint. Like an actual but if definitive. You the internet, there have been hints all around us, Michael. <laughs> but not even just a hint, but at this point, I'm like, we only got like three episodes left. At this point, I feel like there should have been like a definitive thing, like Mephisto is is here because you know, not like so there's funny. that much left it's so funny you say that because i feel like this is the episode where if i was like if i was gonna make a conclusion that mephisto's in this series at all the way quicksilver is acting makes me go like if you're not quicksilver i mean if you're not mephisto i would see that maybe you're some maybe you're somebody else maybe you're a different kind of villain yes and no i'll get to that later but okay. i'm really curious to see how you feel about quicksilver but with this particular episode because i've been going back because i've been making tiktoks about their comic book counterparts okay so I've been going back and reading reading things. I 
think, well, at least with the Quicksilver. So what I'm me reading has nothing to do with what I'm about to say now. Okay. But in terms of the commercial, this kind of said like this was in some ways this was like a definitive moment to me that kind of said yeah Mephisto's involved, or if Mar or if not Mephisto maybe Marvel's gonna do like a merger of Agatha Harkness and Mephisto make them one make them one in the same. Mm, okay. Because. The more I think about it, I think she was faking when she when we when she was uh, dealing with Vision. We'll, mm, get, to, we'll mm. get to that later. Oh, I also Put a pin think in that. that. Yeah, we'll get to that later. Put a pin in that. I'm curious if it's but, the same things. Like I'm like Vision. My mind is like. <laughs> <laughs> but I think because the because the shark or the 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 kid on the uh, island was just like, oh, I'm so hungry or whatever. I'll do anything. And then all of a sudden, a shark shows up mm. and was like, I was hungry too. Until I started feasting on your magic. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, can I have something like whatever? It's almost kind of like, like to me, that whole commercial represented a Faustian bargain. Wanda is like. Oh, that's deep. So you think the shark is the devil? Yes. So Wanda is like, oh, I want, I want, I'm so desperate for my, for my, for my vibrator. Provision. <laughs> I'll do anything or whatever. And, and that definitely makes you feel like Quicksilver in this episode is not Quicksilver. It, I mean, maybe. Why else would it be in this episode then, if that's the case? I mean, maybe. Mm. So I'm thinking, like, whoever the shark is supposed to represent, which I'm guessing is Mephisto, mm. he's feeding off of Wanda's magic. I was hungry until I started feeding on your magic. Mm. And so the kid dying, even though he's trying to open it, that's a kind of representation of Wanda trying to make this illusion, but ultimately it's not the real thing, so she's not going to actually be sustained. Yes. Like, you know, like in terms of food. <laughs> yes. There's no real nourishment in this. It's all just illusion and it's all fake. Yes. Yeah. And maybe she might not physically die, but something like she's being feed, fed off of. Oh. So you think this whole thing is Mephisto using her powers to do something like gain power or manipulate her powers? Okay. So on based that on that note, commercial, I could, I, I, I could be completely I, but, wrong. But I like that interpretation because like I, I thought my interpretation was the only kind of accurate thing. So I'm like, it's it's your magic. I'm, I'm making the comparison between Quicksilver being this episode and that being literally her origins where they were together, they were dying. There was a whole story about the bomb was there and all they could do was wait to die. Remember that was the whole thing? Yeah. Now, which, I I like just wait, your, which I'm waiting for the shark to just be like, your mama's so fat. <laughs> <laughs> but I like what got me with your theory is I think that makes a lot of sense with that line. Um, I was hungry until I was feasting on your magic. That makes a lot more sense with your theory. I didn't really have a like a one-to-one -one comparison for the shark. In my mind, maybe the shark was like a Tony Stark or maybe the shark was like a Hydra that gave her your magic. But I like your theory a lot. That might be actually spot on. But on that note, because we still about, don't know, because again, this this show takes place three weeks after Avengers Endgame. Mm. We still don't know what the fuck happened in those three weeks that Wanda is now a reality warper. And the fact that she's still like, I don't know how this happened, even when Quicksilver asked her. And that's what I want to talk about. The weird line of questioning toward the end of the episode with Quicksilver. There are a lot of moments this episode. Not even just the end of the episode. No, but there was a, did you notice the moment where... And you didn't watch Malcolm in the Middle. But Malcolm in the Middle rules is when you turn the camera, the world stops. No one in the background knows you're doing that. You're like you're, you're breaking the fourth wall. You're talking to the audience. There was a moment. I don't even notice it the second time I watched Wonder Vision. He looked at him. You notice that? You talking Wait. about when Billy was talking to the camera? Yeah, when yeah. Billy turns to the camera and they're, they're still in the room. Quicksilver uh, they're still looks in the house. At him, yeah. Quicksilver looks at him looking at the camera almost like, what is he doing right now? 
And then the very next moment is he's solving the issue with Vision and Wanda and Vision wanting to go out and not being part of the plan. And he's like, hey, don't worry, I'm here. I'll take care of it. And it's, it's all too convenient. But the fact that he looked at him while he was breaking the fourth wall and he's the only character that's done that, plus all of the weird droppings of like, oh, yeah, you're spawn of Satan and all that shit that he's saying. That's, it's really weird that we're only, only three about Mephisto's floating there and then out of nowhere, seemingly for no reason, Quicksilver's making satanic like analogies. But that's also a reference to the... Cause it could just be a reference to the comics. Want, what, I'm, I'm, I'm saying this. I'm not saying it's, that's the only thing, but I'm saying it is a reference because they were created from Mephisto's soul. Yeah, in the comics. Yeah. It could be just a reference for the comics or it could be foreshadowing for the show. Either way. Um, but the fact that he looked at the camera was like a big, what the fuck? And then later when uh, he's kind of questioning Wanda about how all this stuff happened. Oh, even before that, when she first asks, tries to test him and be like, uh, you know, do you remember that guy that we used to both know when we were kids? He had a weird thing on his face. What was his name? And he goes, I know what you're doing. You're testing me. He never answered the question. No, he never answered the question. He, he purposefully avoided answering the question. He's like, yo, you can trust me. It's fine. But, but even in the beginning when he did, when she showed up in the Scarlet Witch, the 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 party the party city version of yeah, Scarlet yeah, Witch, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he was like, oh, that looks like the moment where Ma, Ma, she's like, and then they did a flashback. Mm-hmm. And then she was like, that's not quite how I remember it. Yeah. So he did kind of throw in some references to the past. But the fact that she said showed, she didn't yeah. know, she didn't, she didn't remember that. Or, it almost feels no, like not. She didn't remember it. That's not. It's not exactly. It's not how exactly she how she remembered it. it. Yeah. So uh, my my when I first watched it, my first assumption with that line was like, oh, is it because her memories are being retconned because she's remembering the actual Quicksilver from the MCU, but he's not that MCU Quicksilver. So she, it's like putting in a child version of the Fox Quicksilver in that memory. So she's like, I don't but remember I, but, like but it wouldn't even be the Fox Quicksilver because Fox Quicksilver is American. He talked about a memory from Sokovia. Oh, no, but I just mean like it was like as if the other Quicksilver was transplanted in the memory. Like that wasn't the... If, if you were to see the child version of our Quicksilver in the MCU, mm-hmm. that wouldn't have been him. Yeah. In the same way, like she recast even her memories. But then also, but made, the, the second time I watched it, I was like, oh, or maybe it's a complete like fabrication. And that's literally, if this is a Mephisto, he's implanting false flashback memories to kind of put her at ease so that later he can ask her all those questions about how she's using her powers and stuff like that because she, he wants her to be able to trust him to tell her those things. But then it also makes me wonder though because with that theory like if he's Mephisto and Wanda saying she doesn't know how this like wouldn't he know? Maybe it was a thing that went off the rails even for him like he doesn't understand. I mean that's a good point. <laughs> I'm trying to make an excuse but you're absolutely right. If he's the one behind it all why does he need to question her about how it worked? But it was something sinister about the way he was asking her. Yeah, but then also, they in some ways, they kind of uh, answered that where, because uh, they, and I'm glad they addressed this. She was like, why do you look so different? Mm-hmm. And he basically said, like, I look how you want me to look. And everything that I'm doing is what you summoned me here for. You summoned me here to, because you were, you, you were having a tense relationship with your husband, so you wanted the brother to show up to give him, a, give him some trouble, give you some grief. I'm playing the role you want me to play. Yeah. Also, question about the line where he says he was shot in the street. I didn't understand that. What does he mean by shot? Like, he just appeared in the middle of the street, and then he heard her calling him? 
Or like, was he shot? Like, was he referring to being shot? Like, yeah, I'm thinking maybe in some ways he was killed almost in the same way as her Pietro, and maybe that's why he's able to play that. I don't, I don't, I don't fucking, I don't know what's going on. (laughs) It's just vague enough to be intriguing. (laughs) It gives you answers, but also there's questions. I also have a question when um, I feel like this episode more than all the others posed the most questions. Yeah. Okay. Because it, it, especially at this point, because we're at episode six, and I still don't, I can't even come up with a fucking a working. Because you know, because most shows, but especially when you get to the halfway point, you're like, okay, I can see where this is going. Yeah, now. you see the the trajectory. But now I'm like, so, and and, and this is kind of my worry though. <laughs> there might be Mephisto. There might not be. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> or some people are saying it's Ultron manipulating things. What? Because <laughs> remember, uh, when Darcy. Uh, broke into Hayward's files. Yeah, she's like, "There's one firewall that I just I haven't been able to get get into." Okay, and there's a there's a, a one file or whatever called cataract or some shit. Oh right, right, right. Which that. what are cataracts? Cataracts are a thing that makes you lose your vision. Mmm. And they had Vision's body, and what was Vision's body originally intended for? For Ultron. Mmm, that'd be a weird fucking loop back to Ultron. I mean, <laughs> that's what? That's like, give me theories that are like, my, I'm like, what? Could it be Ultron? No way. There's no way it's Ultron. There's no way. At but least, I don't know. But, <laughs> not, but not, not the WandaVision aspect, but what Hayward's trying to do. Yeah. That's a good point. I don't know. Just like we don't know who the fucking aerospace engineer is. Do they still haven't fucking? That they still in. haven't, which I'm guessing is going to show up next. Cause, and then because yeah. there, because people are like, oh, it's Reed Richards, it's Blue Marvel, it's Riri Williams. But then I don't think it's Riri Williams because she said, "My guy is we here in an hour." Oh, and it's definitely somebody. Important but then I'm like, because they didn't put focus on it. But then I'm like, like well, what if it's Amadeus Cho? That'd be cool too. Because we also because we saw Helen Cho in uh. That's true. We did see Helen Cho in Age, Age of Ultron. Ultron. Yeah. But Amadeus Cho is usually younger in the comics, isn't he? I mean, but so is Riri Williams is like 15 in the comics, but the person that got cast as her is like Tom Holland's age. So they could be doing that. I didn't know someone got cast as Riri Williams. You didn't know? What are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) I don't don't know news guy. You tell me. (laughs) Give me news. This is before before we started recording No, you got to give me news even then. (laughs) You got to hit me up and tell me. When we talked about the Disney Investors Day meeting, we- No, 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 no. You were like, oh yeah, I I saw that. I have a so question. that's when they drop Riri Williams. Yes, Dominique Thorne is pl- she's she's the ad- I'll, I'll pull her up on my phone. Oh, thank you. She's Riri Williams. They're but doing an Ironheart Disney Plus series. I have a question. Was there any meaning to the moment where when Quicksilver is running around with the kids and wrecking the Halloween in broad daylight, and the 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 guy that's all in the neighborhood watch the black guy is literally saying the things that they're yes. doing before they do it. That, yeah, I was like... Is that what what, what conclusion? This is, this is her. Oh, wow. Okay. I mean, all right. Interesting. So, America Chavez, which I'm, I'm not my, a fan of. No Afro? Then, her. I mean, this she's, is, she's not this, She's not in Riri. Oh, okay. Yeah, all right. I was like, no Afro. Come on. Plus, she can't wear no Afro. She's wearing an Iron Man. Why not? That's, that's comic book shit or like... It's nanotech. Who cares? <laughs> Whatever. It's like, it's like Miles Morales in, into the Spider-Verse. A big ass poofy hair. And then he puts on a mask and then all of a sudden it's like... Yeah, superhero magic, That's man. not how hair works. <laughs> 
But was there just any- like Mr. Terrific and Arrow. When he's Mr. Terrific, he got cornrows. <laughs> but then when he's not, it's like, but then there's no time. It's like, who's doing his hair? In two minutes. In two minutes. <laughs> Suit up. Start doing his hair, Felicity. <laughs> it's like, what? Um, was there any significance to that? I just thought it was a weird thing where, like, why? How does he know what's happening before? Yes, him? because out of everybody in the town, maybe with the exception of Dottie, because we haven't seen her, but Agnes and him know what's going on. And based on this, I think... To an extent. Him to an extent, because it's still weird. Remember that moment where he was, like, glitching? Like, he was, like, sawing through his fucking... Yeah, but also, even, even in that very same episode, he was about to tell Vision something, but Agnes stopped him. Yeah. So why him? So maybe in creating this world or whatever, Wanda assigned them as like her acolytes more or less. True. And he's the only one that asked her like, do you need to Yeah. Cause anything? like, do you need, yeah. Do you need me to change anything? Yeah. He asked specifically. So he has some, what if he's Mephisto? <laughs> I mean, it could be. So I'm assuming he has some level of power over this world because literally as he was saying it, it happened before it happened. He said it before it happened. Yeah. Literally right before it happened. He said it. Yeah. He's like, what? Pumpkins would be a smash. Pumpkins get smashed. Yeah. So Yeah. Okay, I thought maybe I was just being weird. I was like, is that a thing or am I not, am I reading this? So I'm thinking he has a small level of control over this world because why would he ask, do you need me to change anything? Mm. Oh, a thing I forgot about Quicksilver that was on. And then asking Wanda that, he knows that Wanda's like, her and Agnes, him and Agnes know what the fuck is going on. Yeah. Um, And if you think about like his name in this world is the same name as the high evolutionary who has connection to Wanda and Pietro in the oh, comics. Oh my God. What if he's the high evolutionary? <laughs> um, fuck, what was I going to say? Oh, another thing with Quicksilver that was like a, hmm. Just because I feel like nothing is said by mistake. And even in the beginning when he's like sleeping on the couch, very frantic from back in the middle, uh, Billy and, and Tommy are like talking about him being- Which we didn't even talk about them yet, but I have a lot to say. Oh yeah, 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 <laughs> for sure. Well, there's a lot to talk about this episode. But they're talking about him like he's a vampire. Like like, you're just scared because you think he's a vampire or whatever. But I thought that was just a kid thing. Cause I thought it was a kid thing too, but is it just a kid Because he's saying, oh, he sleeps all day. But then they have the, him going, ah! And then even the jump scare with Wanda. Because I'm like, ah! Because I'm like, granted, I know Blade is coming, but there's no vampires. Look, even look, I'm so paranoid that even his hairstyle, I'm like, yeah, that looks very classic Quicksilver, or is it classic Mephisto? Yeah, it could be both because yeah. they, they both look the same. Yeah, that weird ass almost Wolverine hair. Or he could be Ace Ventura. Or that. Yeah. <laughs> also a possibility. Um, but you said you wanted to talk about the kids uh, and like what specifically? I fucking loved it. <laughs> oh, what Tommy and Billy being wicked and when he came teams? downstairs in the in the costume, I was like. <laughs> <laughs> I like them as kids. I almost don't want to see them grow up more. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but uh, the, the, the and plus the dynamic between them is very Billy and Tommy in the comics. When he's like, "Where's your costume?" He's like, "I'm not wearing a. Co- I'm the cool twin." That's very, that's very Tommy. Oh, uh, okay. It's very Tommy. As someone who's read the comics, I have no yes. idea. <laughs> I, I love. I love that. Even though I was a little disappointed when he actually did wear a costume, and it wasn't his comic book. They just had him look like young Quicksilver. Oh, I mean, but. Kinda. The speed suit is kind of similar to Quicksilver. No, his his outfit is green. But so has like doesn't it have like a lightning not a lightning thing, but like a stripe across it? Mm-mm. Oh, never mind. I'm fucking wrong. <laughs> I'm gonna show you what his costume looks like. Oh. Then why do that? 
That's exactly. That's why I was like, I was. There's never dis- a point where he wore. I was a little disappointed at that. Oh, but I didn't even have to look for it. Boom, popped up right on my Instagram. There was never a point where he wore. That's what his costume uh, looks like. Quicksilver variant. No. So he's, he, see, when I saw that, I immediately thought Kid Flash, but so I assumed Speed had a Quicksilver costume at first, but I guess not. This was his first costume. Is always is always green. Oh, he's like that's his first costume. Yeah. That looks like a modern day comic. He he's new. Like he's he's a newer character. I thought he was yeah, older. They, no, they came out. They came out. Not this is this is Speed, not Quicksilver. No, that's what I mean. Oh I yeah, thought Speed was older too. They they uh, or just when they were kids, but not aged up to be super. I mean, old. I guess you could say it's a Quicksilver variant. Like, yeah, that's what I was. That's the picture I saw. It looks kind of like the same thing. Yeah, I, I I see what you're saying though. It's not exactly the same. But no, Speed Speed and Billy. Well, that kick-ass reference. Ah. The twin the <laughs> twins when they were babies. When Wanda first created them was the '80s, but them Wicked and Speed was the uh, like mid two well not mid but like early 2000s. So like 2006, 2005 is when they first were created. Mm. Young Avengers. Oh wait, I forgot. How did they come to be again after Mephisto took their his soul back? <sighs> go some, watch. Go watch, my, go watch my TikTok. It's oh, like right. it's like too much. It's too much. Uh, okay, never mind. <laughs> it's way too convoluted. It's, comic it's way too complicated. <laughs> Like a four-part video. Comics, got you. <laughs> um, but yeah, I love their. I also love their d- dynamic, and even the fact that toward the end of the episode, both their powers manifest, and we get to see little baby Kate Flash and Wiccan. Don't think about since his father. Think about that. I was like, well, a. I was like, so are um, they technically mutants? Because they were born with powers. But where are they born from? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Robot jizz? Like, what is going on? Like, what is... <laughs> but they're still, like, the only people in the MCU so far that have been born with powers. Yeah. Like, humans that have been born with powers. That's so true. So, technically, are they mutants? And then, not only just that, but, like, I was kind of surprised that Wanda had no reaction to them developing powers. True. She didn't even seem super surprised by No, it. she was just like, oh my god, they make us. I mean, I know it's not the same as in the MCU as it is in the comics, but I just find it weird that... So, so how does it work? Magnetism becomes magic and speed, and then when magic has kids, it's magic and speed. Where's the speed coming? Quicksilver and her had sex. <laughs> That's the only explanation. I'm like, that doesn't make sense to me. Why? <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> and the Ultimate University did it. Well, yeah, but I was going to say, but in terms of like them, remember, because they were made, it's not like they were made from like actual biological parent, you know. Yeah. They were, they were made because she, like magic. Yeah, the stone powers. And so, and plus, you know, the whole idea, she was a twin, so she wanted to have twins, so maybe she just fashioned them after her. That or makes the, more sense. The I writers, like that theory. writers are just lazy, and they just said, what, what, what power should they have? I don't know. Give them the same. Yeah, give them the same powers, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Not a combination of the powers? No, 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 no. <laughs> you think one would be a technopath or something since the Vision's kids, but whatever. <laughs> maybe. Um, oh, speaking of a technopath, uh, and this would lead to the Agnes discussion. The fact that Vision goes off on his own this episode and starts to explore the town without Wanda's presence. And the further he gets away from the episode, really the further he gets away from Wanda, the closer he gets to the border of the town. It's like people are on autopilot. So you saw like the person trying to hang mm-hmm. up a 
sheet or whatever like over and over again in a loop and she's like crying because it's painful and you even saw even before that like when vision did say he was going to explore the town lion that's saying he oh, was yeah. part of neighborhood watch and 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 billy looks at the cameras like they're not they haven't been fighting but they kind of they kind of been different yeah with each other and you can still see it's almost like she's still playing the script because she's like, wait, but you're not supposed to do that. He was like, like wait, what? Oh, yeah. <laughs> she's, like, what? she's like, no, 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 nothing, nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, do you, do you not get, can you give me a script? Like, if you got a copy of that, like, <laughs> let me see that shit. And the thing about this episode, because there was no laugh track, now that we're more into the modern day era of television, in some ways I found it kind of hard to pinpoint, like, what was the sitcom Cause now we're in more realism. Mm. So before it was all like, "Hi, I'm going to the store," and then when it got real, they talked normal. But now it's all like that. Yeah. So I'm like, wait, are they are are they kind of beefing right now? Are they like, I I don't know. I still I can still kind of pinpoint it just by <laughs> how uh, matter of fact Vision looks. Like when he, when he came downstairs and she was like, "Oh, you look great in that outfit." He was like, "Yeah, well, it's the only one I had in my closet." So. And it kind of pauses for a second, and he's like, "Ah, just kidding." And it was like, uh, I'm like, but now I'm like, is he doing that on purpose to to act like he's still in the script, or is he still slipping in and out? I almost want to say that he was just putting on an act. I think he Especially was putting he on. I think he was putting on an act too, because remember when he left, he was like, "Be he, good." Yeah, he looked at. Her, he was like, "Be good." I Meaning, don't fuck nothing up. Yeah. <laughs> I know you did the norm one, <laughs> but then when he goes full vision and kind of like goes Superman and can hear everything in town and then sees uh, Agnes's car like on the outskirts and he flies to her. She's just sitting there, but she's not frozen the same like way. Like everybody else is. All, yeah, all those other people were when he got to that cul-de-sac. That's why I'm like, completely frozen. She was, she, at first I didn't think this, but then, yeah. But yeah, she was, she was totally faking. See, I think you say faking. I, I didn't think that she was faking, but now that you say it, I'm like, that makes a lot more sense. Because I just found it weird that she was able to respond to him and no one else would. Like, he did the same thing. He asked, like, hey, ma'am, are you waiting for something? And she didn't say anything. But he goes to Agnes, who's the farthest away from Wanda, the closest to the, the, the border of the town. And she's able to respond. Yeah, she responds slowly and oddly, but she still responds. And then he does the technological thing to her and she's like oh my god oh you have to save us oh my god it's crazy she won't let us even think about leaving but like do you feel like she's like, lying there too no yeah all of it all of it i don't i don't think her the mental because she's already awake yeah so he can't wake her up when she already knows because remember so then why go, again going why back go to the act again going back to episode three she knew monica didn't belong there yeah and she was trying to warn vision without really warning him yeah but then why go through the motions like that just because to, what what ended up happening? What ended up happening after Vision? After she confronted Vision, Vision tried to leave, and then Wanda expanded your magic. But he seemed magic. like he was going to do that regardless. It seemed like he was already going to explore the edge of town. Right. Isn't that why he was exploring the first he, place? He was exploring town, but we don't necessarily know if he was going to try to leave. And how did she know that he'd be looking around? I guess maybe. And then also, somebody else pointed out to me: if you look at the opening credits. Of this scene of the of this episode, uh, when they show Agnes, because now she's part of the opening credits, which she wasn't before. Oh yeah, part of the the. If you look at her, theme pa- song. she has she has naughty on her pants. Like on her what? Naughty. Yeah. So what does that mean? 
bad, evil. She's a bad guy. <laughs> she's naughty. <laughs> uh. So she's definitely manipulating something. Maybe she's not necessarily evil, but she's in like a forced deal with, again, going to Mephisto thing. Maybe she has, maybe Mephisto has like control over uh, aspect of her soul or some shit. And so she has to do his bidding for whatever reason. And so she's manipulating things from behind the scenes. I wonder, but then it's also she's slipping up sometimes because even when he asked her, like, where are you going? She was like, where's this Times Square or whatever it is? He was like, it's it's there. Like, don't, why wouldn't you know that? But you, is that a slip up? Well, no, no, no. But she said um, she didn't know where it was. He was like, in the town you grew up in? It just seems like she doesn't. she's not from there. Which also goes back to the well, no, she's to... she's definitely not from there, but she's still playing. She's playing a role. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's a cool. Th- I mean, that's. I also thought it was odd. It just seems. I, I feel like we're gonna go back to all these moments and see it from her perspective. So I'm just curious to see like what the the thinking was of like I'll pretend I'm also fucked up and that will motivate him to try and leave town. Cause even cause even when. And I'm like thinking about this. I fucking hate this show. <laughs> Not not like literally hate it. I'm just like all this. I, I need answers. Uh-huh. But like, even when you juxtapose when he quote unquote woke her up to when he woke up Norm, Norm seemed like normal, just like somebody that he he became hysterical, but he was still normal within that hyster- hysterical nature. Mm. Like, what's going on? I need to call my sister. Where's the phone? Like, he still seemed like a person that was like rational, more or less. He was just yeah. hysterical. But when he woke up Agnes, she almost became... <coughs> Wrong pipe. Oh, oh yeah, that weird moment when she started laughing. It yeah. was like, you're dead. <coughs> dead. And dead. Then she started laughing. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what it was fuck? weird. Yeah. So she was da- like, all of that was an act. Yeah. But why, why, why play both sides? Because why in one episode try to stop Vision from finding things out? And then why in the next episode motivate him to want to explore more? Like, why flip? Right? Because it wasn't, re- I don't know. She was, he wasn't was, ready? Yeah. He was immensely ready to escape. Or she yet. wasn't ready. Because if she would have told Vision right then and there, like Wanda was right there, this is just him and him and her. Mm. I mean, I mean, even back to being ready, I mean, I feel like maybe even there, her, there are certain points in time where they want things to happen. Just like she, Agatha might have also wanted the kids to age up when she killed the dog. Oh she, yeah, she but definitely killed that. It. She definitely killed that dog. That's why they were yeah. shaking in the bushes because she was yeah. like, "Fuck you, dog!" <laughs> but you're right. Maybe it's always her trying to push these characters to the next thing, whatever that thing may be. And yeah, maybe in that moment, it wasn't time yet for him uh, to find out about Wanda and everything yet, because she still needed him to be there for the kids to age them up. Because then you also think, from a comic book reference, uh, this is this is from Tom King's Vision book. They talk about Agatha Harkness in that book where there's a there's a bush that she gives uh, Vision when he gets married and creates his new wife, Virginia. It's called like the Wondergore Everbloom or something like that. And it can give you the power to see the future. Mm. But the only way you can see the future is first. I forgot what the exact verbiage was, but an animal has to, an animal has to eat the eat from the tree and then you have to eat that animal. Hmm. And it gives you ability to see the future. Remember, she said the dog ate her bushes, mm. ate from her bushes. Okay. And I have this, again, we have the theory that she killed that dog. Yeah. For a reason. The dog but, saw the future was gonna warn Vision. <laughs> but no, but but, but but she never gave the dog. She she never gave the dog back. He was just wrapped in that towel. Yeah. Yeah. 
She ate that dog. What? Things <laughs> get crazy. Just to look at the future or something. What? I, I also just need answers. But we did get one answer. Vision cannot survive outside the fucking uh, the hex. And even that was like. Did you? Well, I thought that when he walked through the portal, he was just going to drop that instantly. <laughs> like, he was like, I'm here. <laughs> I, or not even just that, but I thought he was going to look like how he looked in episode three with the cat caved in. He was gray. Yeah, but you think it's just to be walking, like like zombie mode? A little bit, yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought he was just gonna immediately maybe die. for maybe for a you know for a moment, and then eventually, yeah. Mm. But the fact that he started disintegrating, even that made me ask questions because I was like, was he completely gonna disintegrate though, or I thought maybe that was like the color and the stuff built on top of the corpse coming off? No, it looked like he was like disintegrating. As if he didn't exist. At all. At all. Which makes me wonder, but I thought Wanda stole his body. But see, that's why I interpret it that way. I interpret it as those things flying off him were the pieces that were, you know, kind of added to his body to make him not look fucked up. Because I mean, when he fell like to the floor and was dying, he was turning gray. It wasn't like But he was, he was still disintegrating even when he was on the floor. But it didn't look like he was completely disintegrating. It just looked like like pieces were flying off of him, but he wasn't like completely disappearing. It was just like he was becoming a corpse. You didn't think that? No. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you might be right. It might just be a thing where he's completely not real at all. But I thought what was happening was eventually, if he had stayed out there, all of that energy coming off of him would have completely disappeared and it would just have been a great corpse laying there with all the damage from Thanos and shit like that. And even, it looked like whatever they were doing to his body before created more damage it didn't look like just his head was fucked up when they showed footage of him in that sword facility it looked like a torso well yeah it looked like his body was broken apart yeah exactly so maybe that's what it looks like it's just like strewn parts and fucked up torso i mean it could be i don't know but it's just but But he's not real at all but that's what i was gonna say that's what that that's what i was gonna say because that's weird because like because i was like if she took his body and it's using because because the way they made it seem like the way we saw him in episode three was how he looks. Mm. Wanda's just making him look alive. Yeah. But based on when he leaves the world and he's disintegrating like that, it's like it then tells you that's not how he actually looks. Mm. Otherwise, why would he disintegrate? So I'm like, did she create him from nothing? Like, did she use the essence of his corpse to create him out of nothing? And that's why he was disintegrating? I don't know. Also question with the dead people being alive. Uh, how did, what, what's your interpretation of the Quicksilver corpse scene that was similar to the Vision corpse scene? I felt nothing because I'm like, that's not him. <laughs> like you should yeah, have no, told me. But I, still me was like, but I still was like, that was weird. That was weird. But I'm like, why, did, why wasn't it Aaron Taylor Johnson? Like, but then even that, like this was the first time they even showed Aaron Taylor Johnson in the previously on WandaVision. I think that was just to establish that this is not the same guy. <laughs> so when they talk about it, people are like, what? Is that the same guy? Because part of me still guy? is like, granted, I, I know I'm all, but part of me still kind of is has the feeling that he's the Luke Skywalker moment. Who? Aaron Taylor Johnson? Yes. Is he Luke Skywalker to you? Yeah. Dr. Strange Luke Skywalker. <laughs> I mean, if Aaron Taylor Johnson shows up, you don't think the internet would like... We've already had the other Quicksilver... I feel like it will be the same or, or less hype because people are more hyped for it being Evan Peters as a Quicksilver if they do recast for real. People people prefer Evan Peters. I mean, you know, 
I have nothing against Aaron Taylor Johnson, really, but I do think Evan Peters is more charismatic. He's an asshole I like. <laughs> you don't agree. Because <laughs> you like Aaron Taylor Johnson. I'm going to stab you in the neck. Why? <laughs> <laughs> I just felt so bad for Vision. But he was definitely more, in this episode, like, he was, he was, he, I mean, the way he was acting was more comic book Pietro. Like, antagon- not, not just antagonizing, but also encouraging her. It was like, you don't think what I'm doing is wrong? He's like, no. No, it's cool. Because also, if you, if you remember, I don't know if you've read House of M, but yeah, he encouraged her to create House of M. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, they're toxic siblings, so. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, but I just really felt bad for Vision when, basically, if he were to die again, his dying words would have been, the people need help. Also, I'm dying. <laughs> I'm like, damn it, how many times are you going to die, Vision? And like, then, like, with Hay- Hayward, like, he's just a white man with power. <laughs> like, he looked Help like he was, him. when Vision was disintegrated, he kind of had a smile on his face. Like, he wants this to happen. And then, we didn't even talk about the stuff in the real world yeah, yet. Word. I feel like, but I feel like he just wants the body back. He wants that Vision body. For yeah, because he's tracked, like, he, out of everybody, like, they revealed that he, he he's tracking vision, which mm-hmm. they didn't which they didn't reveal to the town. And then he also has another way to look into the town, mm-hmm. which he didn't reveal to everybody. Mm-hmm. So and then plus the secret files that he has, that's something like people are saying. Well, maybe he's Mephisto. No, I don't think so. No, whack. That'd be the wackest twist if he's. Yeah, Mephisto. that'd be the, plus like no. Yeah. But I definitely I'm like I'm I'm seeing more and more. I'm like yeah, he's either Aim or Hydra. I would guess Hydra just because we know who that is. Within the context of Wanda's story, I mean, we also know a- Aim was uh, in Iron Man. But I mean, for 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 Wanda, Wanda's story is about uh, Hydra. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Um, that's kind of her her enemy if the, she if she has an enemy. Uh, wait, what was I gonna say? Oh yeah, we didn't talk about the the real, real world stuff. Um, specifically, what did you want to talk about? And then uh, Monica, they fully acknowledged that yeah, her DNA is changing. Oh yeah, but from going through the barrier over. And from over going again. through the barrier over and over again. Which, You're a mutant, Monica. <laughs> well, she wouldn't, because I saw a lot of people say that. I'm like, because they're like, oh, mutants, because she's changing. They didn't I'm verify like, that. It's but that wouldn't make her a mutant. That would make her a mutate, like like the difference between Jean Grey and Spider Man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because she's being changed by an external force. She's not born with the power. That's yeah, what yeah. makes her. I don't think she's really a mutant. I was just joking. <laughs> but I saw, but I saw a lot of people saying that, like, oh, oh. this. What if she expands the the hex around the world that'll create mutants and i'm like but no it wouldn't that'll be mutates because they're not born with their powers or they'll retcon and say i was gonna say it only affects people who have innate gene that allows them to become a mutant i mean i guess whatever no (laughs) that's how that's how you get around that bullshit but i'm like but or maybe maybe this is marvel maybe marvel's just gonna not make that distinction I mean the fact Between that a mute, cause because they make that distinction in the comics. They'd be like, well, why do they why don't they hate Spider-Man, but they hate Storm or whatever? Yeah, it's just, it's, it's maybe he's born with it. Maybe he's Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the fact that now we we're getting the house of M levels where we can see that Wanda does have the ability to expand the perimeter of her little illusionary world so that theoretically it could encompass the whole world. What happens then? Now we are getting to like, okay, this is this is not a problem, not just for New Jersey, but the world. Uh, Doctor Strange, Avengers, please, assemble, get in here, help us, please. <laughs> and then I heard that the last three episodes are going to be an hour long. Yeah, hour long. So you get your wish. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Kevin Feige heard you. <laughs> Only for the last three episodes, but I'm like... But, but those isn't that but great it though? Me, it, it breaks. I know the, it, it's great. It's great. It breaks the the. the but it just tell. But it tells me like these last three episodes are going to be fucking 
crazy. Well, to me, I, I also feel like on a meta level, it it breaks the sitcom narrative because we we've mostly stuck to the half hour block so yeah. far with the but, sitcoms. But, but we're now, also still kind of because next I think next week's episode is reality TV. That's so meta. Now it's it's blended. Now it's both. Yeah, it's reality and television because she's encompassed so much more of the world. Mm-hmm. Bullshit that fucking Hayward was able to outrun it with his car. I'm like, get, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> get his the one person you need to get Wanda. <laughs> get his ass. <laughs> yeah, and Darcy's in the in that world. Now. I, I do kind of feel like even though it's reality TV, I do feel like it'll be a missed again missed opportunity if she's not the character from Two Broke Girls. I never even saw that. What is it? I never saw that either, but that was the show that she was on before she got Thor. <laughs> okay, so so theory, what what reality show would it be? How many are there? Big Brother, Real World, Road Rules? Yeah, like, Real World, Housewives. Maybe Housewives. I mean, it's a sense. lot of reality shows. Yeah, maybe one of those newer ones like Housewives makes more sense than like a Road Rules or something. Because they, they do tend to pick things that thematically fit the story. Like Malcolm Middle makes a lot of sense for this episode because now the kids are kind of coming into their own. So that made a lot of sense. I do hope they, at least for this, they keep them the same kids. For the whole series? For the series. But I do eventually want them to age up. I feel like if they don't age up within the series, they're not going to age up. Would they have to age up while they're still underneath the hex that Wanda's creating? Not necessarily. Because they could stay this, stay this age for the show. And then... Because, again, they need to hire me for ideas. But I'm like... <laughs> The best way to, I don't know if this is a word, but deconvolute their origins, but still keep it kind of intact for the comics, is if instead of going the whole route of, granted, you can still say that, you know, she got the souls from Mephisto and all that other stuff, but instead of like going the route of, oh, well, Mephisto eventually reabsorbs the souls and then they are erased from existence and then Wanda's memory is wiped away, but then... Fast forward 20 plus years in 2004, the children suddenly are reincarnated into another family. And then, yada. What? So, so, so they're technically twins, but they're not really twins because they have two separate biological parents. And what? Again, watch my TikTok. Stupid. Stupid. Instead, of, instead of all of that, I think the best way to keep that origin kind of intact is if by the end of this show, she has, she, she, again, Wanda got to go to jail. She loses custody of her kids. Okay, she loses custody of the kids, but then what she, makes them age up? She loses. Well, I mean, they could say a time skip. But then the whole MCU is a time skip. Well, yeah, because remember, like this show takes place almost a year before, like of Spider-Man: Homecoming is like eight months from now, from okay. this show. We don't know when Falcon and Winter Soldier takes well, place. Are they ten? When they have to be like be like an eight-year time skip for them to be relevant, like to not be kids? I mean, it could. Yeah, but we don't know when Young Avengers. Like again, we don't know when Hawkeye takes place. Yeah, true. I'm just, but I feel like they have to be the same age as what's her face, um, Ant Man's daughter. Yeah, and they aged her up too. Yeah, but because of the the snap, so she got that five year. But then she got aged up again because they they fired the actress and cast another. Person. Oh, that's right! I forgot they did that. Yeah. God damn it! I <laughs> <laughs> what do I know? Okay, well. I'm looking forward. To, what would you rate this episode? Perfect Vision? Yeah. Uh, yeah, of course. <laughs> I feel like every episode of WandaVision is going to be Perfect Vision, so. Uh, all right, that's it. You want to get into news of the week? Like she's the Black Iron Man, but she's not Tony Stark. No, they just don't want their characters, quote unquote. I could call you a nigga on the but you better not. If he says that shit to you, his ass on Instagram. Yeah, I don't want to hand me down. I don't want to hand me down. It's all straight and white. 
What's going down? Michael News. Let's talk Snyder Cut. Yeah, let's talk Snyder Cut. We live in a society where honor is a distant memory. Isn't that right? Batman. Go ahead. <laughs> I don't got nothing to say. <laughs> I'm like, it was a trick. And granted, okay. Look, I'll, I'll, I'll be fair. No, I'll be fair. I'll be fair. I'll be fair. I'll be fair. The trailer looked good. That's all. Now, will the movie suck? Suck in BBS. Yeah, I know. Will the movie suck? Maybe. Probably. But if I'm just judging it by the trailer, and that's all I was talking about when I made my, my, my Instagram post about, like, oh, the trailer's hype. People were, I was trying to be positive. I get complaint. People complain about me being negative all the time. So I was like, you know what? This trailer actually hyped me. I can't believe it. I think this looks cool. It's new, a lot of new footage. Basically, everything we've never seen before. With the exception of Jared Leto. <laughs> I even like the Jared Leto part. We live in a society. I like the reference to the Joaquin Phoenix Joker. You didn't, you didn't like it? I heard people didn't like it. You don't like it? Whatever. <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> now, is it is it buying up Joaquin Phoenix Joker? Is it kind of a meme? Yes. All yes. But did I think that it was intriguing? Do I think? And also, do I think he's a, a giant leap forward from what he was in Suicide Squad just from that one moment? Yes. He didn't seem nearly as cringy with his acting. He doesn't have this fucking cringy ass damage tattoo he, he painted over it yeah <laughs> he's like I did a, a focus group Batman people didn't like this so I decided to get LASIK um, yeah I mean look like I said the trailer could be a complete misdirection and it's a four hour fucking movie it could be slow it could be boring it could be all the problems that we know just like the original had and then some with Zack Snyder's dark ass tone and take but I will say this at the very least this trailer was cool, and at the very least, maybe, now that this is completely all his vision, and the fact that we've seen so much new footage just in this trailer, I gotta believe it's gonna be different enough that it'll at least be, if not good, at least decent. Because a lot of the problems with Justice League was that it was a fucking Frankenstein of a movie. It was part Joss Whedon, it was part Zack Snyder, and it didn't even try to. And it wasn't even full because even, and we'll talk about this later. But Joss Whedon, (laughs) Joss Whedon did want more. He wanted more time. He asked the Warner Brothers for another hour. I mean, another hour. I'm about to say, I'm like, what? (laughs) (laughs) He wanted another year to be able to really Uh... flesh out, and they said no. And then they cut the legs of it and made it two hours. So shorter than even like BBS and uh, the other fucking DC movies. Even Man- I think it was even shorter than Man of Steel. Yeah. And it's like, I-, I gotta believe that with two hours more movie, with so many reshoots and added shit and a consistent tone, that Zack Snyder can at least deliver a decent Elseworld story. Do I think this is gonna be my Justice League? No. Do I think this is gonna be my Superman and Batman? No. But will it be a take that I could walk away from and go, you know what? That was an Elseworld story. That was Zack Snyder's take on the Justice League. It was dark. It was depressing. But was it enjoyable and kind of epic at times watch? Yes. That was the main problem with Justice League. There weren't any dope epic moments. Like The only thing I could think of was the Flash moment where Superman just looks at him. What was that? Wait. Well, there's no sound. <laughs> we live in a society. We- I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. 
long as he's not doing uh, we got beef, you got beef, all that bullshit. Like, <laughs> like I'm a guy that when Suicide Squad first came out, I hated his look, but I decided to give it a chance. I didn't like him for the most part. And I don't, I don't remember, and I don't remember if I said this on the show, but it's confirmed that Justice League will be rated. Or did I say rated this? R? Yeah, rated R. I mean, what does that mean? Is it going to show more, more Ben Affleck? Yeah, more Ben Affleck ass. Yeah, because I'm like, what, is, what does that mean? If it's actually going to do some like gory shit or like put that in the action, then all right. But if it's just like more butt, bat butt, then yeah, whatever. We're, we're going to see more bat, Batman using more guns. Yeah. I just want to, like, look, we all love an underdog story. We all love a redemption story. I want to see Justice League redeem itself. Do I think it's going to be better than Endgame or some bullshit? Oh, I, I definitely think no. it's going to be better than the original. And that's all we that's all I want. <laughs> in a world where 2020 was a fucking bonfire, we're in 2021. Just let this man have a a a a moderate win. Okay? And a moderate win is if it's better than the Joss Whedon version, the the Joss, the Justice League, I will say that it is time well spent. Right? Like, what else can you remember we even both said that the BVS Ultimate Cut, even though they make that movie like good or great, it's still Filled in the plot holes and made it make more sense. Well, yeah, I, I know. Well, I don't remember what you said, but I said the first. Uh, I really enjoyed the first half, but then you still had that shitty second half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it made. But all the issues that we had the original cut with the like, plot holes and stuff, it did fix those. Except for the second half. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> but the bullet mystery that made more sense. Yes. <laughs> so I'm hoping that kind of happens here with Steppenwolf and the dark side stuff and the. And the loose threads of the nightmare sequence from BVS. Like, that's another thing. That was a whole plot thread that was just dropped in Justice League. So, like, if they actually have a through line of that in this movie, and it makes it make sense as a three-part arc from Man of Steel to BVS to this, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk away being satisfied. I'm not looking for a life-changing experience. I'm not looking for I am. <laughs> oh, you can't, though. You can't. You, we, we know what we're dealing with here. The best we can hope for is just better action sequences, a better tone, and a more consistent story. And if it's got those things... But, no, I'm, just, I'm, the, but, I'm, but I'm still... like Ultimately, I'm optimistically curious about it because yeah i would like to see what granted we're not going to see his final vision because remember he he wanted to do two, two movies parts, yeah. and this is just the one part mm-hmm. so we're not going to see what he really wanted for this world but at the same time i still would like to see and then also considering the reason he was taken off of justice league is because of the death of his daughter yeah so to finally get him you know to come back and finish the movie you know in the universe he started ultimately okay fine but then also at the same time Part of me is still just like... <laughs> Fool me once, shame on you. <laughs> Fool me twice, shame on me. Even if the movie is great, I come back and like, guys, I'm going to eat crow. Like, because this shit was fucking awesome. Mm, I'm still... <laughs> great. I, yeah, I don't expect it. But at the same time, I mean, Stranger Things, but not the show. But um, I still, part of me is like, yeah, but DC already announced that after this, we're done with the Snyderverse. So it's like... Yeah, it's like a bitter... Even if it's an amazing movie, it's like so bittersweet because like, well, we're done with this, so... Yeah, so it's like, <laughs> so what? Who cares? Yeah. But hey, I want to see all those missing scenes from the trailer that we never got to see, like Cyborg doing shit, not being Cyborg, and his backstory, and... Hey, man. I, I, I'm just curious. And this is... If nothing else, as, as, as superhero fans and comic book fans and DC fans, this is the closest thing we're going to get in the foreseeable future to live action injustice. So just take that. You know what I mean? Just, if nothing else, just walk away going, at least this is, if it's not my Justice League, at least I get to kind of see an interpretation of injustice 
in live action on the big screen with a high budget. That's kind of cool. Silver linings, you know? <laughs> like, whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sorry. The trailer is... I mean, it's kind of badass. The, the action... Be, that's that's my, my last point. I never want to be called a Zack Snyder hater because I actually like his style. Like, I like... Man, I, li- I loved Man of Steel. You hated it. I, I, didn't, loved- ha- I didn't hate it. Okay. All right. So you liked it, but you, you had issues with it. I didn't love it. Okay. Well, I loved it. I love Kingdom Come. That reminded me of Kingdom Come. Uh, Zack Snyder's very bigger than life, like biblical gravitas he puts in every scene. Like every every shot is like a painting or a comic frame. Like it gives things weight. It makes things epic. I like Washman's visual style. I liked even how BVS looked. BVS had a lot of moments that were cool. Like we both talked about how that movie but we, had a lot but, of issues. But notice you, you only mentioned the bit. Like, yeah, Zack Snyder does great with visuals. I, I'm, I'm giving him his credit, okay? <laughs> so I'm saying visually that sure looked fucking awesome. And that's because I like Zack Snyder's style. And even Man of Steel. But he doesn't get these characters. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. But but, but Man of Steel was the one movie that he, I don't, I don't even think he wrote it. Whoever, he worked on it. But that's one of the few movies where I also like the story. I thought that he did a good job of balancing the flashbacks with characterizing the It's like Zack Snyder read one comic, the Frank the Dark Knight series, and he thinks that's what every single yeah. interpretation... Yeah. I mean, even how the trailer opened and, and Superman like screaming in pain and the shockwave coming out and that being the, the bell that was rung, they made that Lex Luthor line sound cool. That line was stupid. <laughs> but it made it make more sense when you have the visual of him literally screaming and that scene echo into the universe that I guess Steppenwolf hears or whatever the fuck. But I don't know. If nothing else, like I keep saying, he brings a certain weight to the projects he works on. And when he's able to go with his own devices and he's not being fucked over by the, the studio or life circumstance or in this case, Joss Whedon adding in mad humor and weird cringy comedy in places. And a lot of Wonder Woman butt shots for some reason. <laughs> when he doesn't have all that going on, I do mm-hmm. like his visual storytelling style. Later. What, Joss Whedon mm-hmm. liking Wonder Woman's butt? Well, not that specifically. Because, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, because. I'm talking about Joss. Or I'm like, do I even want to talk about this? Well, because, I mean, he did add. Just, I guess this is my last note. Joss Whedon did bring a lot of humanizing qualities to the characters when it came to, like, the comedy bits and just banter between characters but it felt so jarringly out of place for what looked like a zex looked and felt mostly like a zex snyder movie it just it didn't it didn't add to it the way i'm sure an executive producer thought weedonisms would add to the justice league so in some ways i'm curious to see what taking those things out does because sometimes not even adding or changing things will affect the project. Sometimes, sometimes just removing things. Editing is a thing, right? Sometimes just removing certain things out of something changes or improves it. So I'm curious to see what taking out the humor that Joss Whedon brought does to the overall experience. Does it make it better? Does it make it worse? Does it make these characters feel more epic but more flat? Or does it actually uh, give them more dimension because you don't, you're not being taken out by the cringy humor every like five or ten minutes? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So we'll see. I'm, I'm curious. I'm also curious what you mean by uh, Joss Whedon news that you want to talk about. Like, what is that? You don't know about what's going on with Joss Whedon? More? And Charisma Carpenter coming out. and the Oh, Buff- no, you sent me that. And, that- the, and the Buffy and the more Buffy actors. I didn't know about that. Oh, well. All I know is the Charisma thing you sent me, who was well, Prudence, right? We'll get to who the fuck is Prudence. No, what's her name? That's Charmed. That's Charmed. <laughs> fuck, wasn't it Drew? 
What's her name? How fucking dare you? I don't remember. I've watched Angel Forever. Cordelia. Cordelia. That was it. My bad. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm trying to think of old white lady names. <laughs> Prudence, Cordelia. Put some respect on her name. <laughs> we'll get to that later. But okay. anyway, speaking of putting some respect, uh, our Disney overlords are continuing to rule over us all. <laughs> and it says that... Uh, I, for one, welcome our Disney overlords. Disney's Disney Plus subscriber count has risen to 94.9 million as of January of this year. Nice. I mean, they are making all the things, so. <laughs> Which they pretty much not only reached, but they kind of surpassed their goal, their five year goal of what they wanted Disney Plus to do. All on the strength of two shows The Mandalorian. And now WandaVision, because WandaVision is the number one rated show or the, or the highest watched or most talked about show on television right now. Even though it's not technically television, but you know what I mean. Yeah. So, yeah, Disney Plus is killing it. And meanwhile, I mean, is anyone else talking about anything else? Over at in, HBO, they're like, the fuck? Because <laughs> they, wanted, they wanted Wonder Woman to do that for them. Maybe not the same mm. numbers. But yeah, not with that Wonder Woman. <laughs> Soul ended up with more fanfare than Wonder Woman. Did. I mean, for a good reason. <laughs> not with that Wonder Woman. So I think that's also part of the reason why they're pushing the Snyder Cut so hard because they're like, oh, that's maybe nothing. that'll get. It's true. It's like Wonder Woman like was like the the crowning achievement in DCEU and then fell flat on his face right before the Zack Snyder Cut came out. Like, yeah, the boys are back in town. <laughs> you all like Patty Jenkins? Nah, I'm back. <laughs> it's like fuck, man. They made it easy for him. Like, because <laughs> if, if 184 was great, I feel like there'd be more pushback against the Snyder Cut. But now that that was fucking terrible, it's like, I'll take anything. Like, <laughs> please. Well, speaking of taking anything, a lot of people keep saying, because they don't, we don't know. Oh my God. What if Wonder Woman's better in the Zack Snyder Cut of Justice League than she was in 184? I mean, maybe. I mean, that's, that's, I'm sorry. That's just mind-blowing to me. We also don't know because, you know, based on the, the photo that he released, we see that the Wonder Woman that he wants or whatever that he envisions is like a bloodthirsty warrior. I don't know what's worse now. <laughs> a rapist or a murderer? <laughs> what's worse, Michael? Uh, depends on who you murder. Aaron's a murderer and we're like, yay, Aaron. True, <laughs> true. Very true. <laughs> But uh, with that said, we still don't know what's going on with Black Widow because it was pushed. It was supposed to come out last year. Now they're pushing to May of this year. We still don't. Things are still closed. We're already almost in March. Hmm. Doesn't look like things are opening up yet. So people are wondering, or why wondering, wondering, and kind of pushing and hoping that at this point they'll just release it on Disney Plus. And, and based on this article, it seems like even Disney is kind of like. Wanting to push it onto Disney Plus, mm. but it's saying that Kevin Feige is opposed to a Disney Plus theatrical rollout. And it says Feige's opinion certainly carries considerable weight at Disney, but that doesn't mean the powers that be can't eventually convince Feige to change his mind or overrule him completely. So, based on this, it kind of seems like there's not friction, but some conversations going on about releasing Black Widow on Disney Plus if they have to end up pushing it again. Mm, I mean, at this because they already put yeah they already pushed it a year but Feige's like no <laughs> he's like I'm gonna get that theater release god damn it so I mean it, it, to be fair in a world where we have these shows coming out now 
it can wait. You know what I mean? It's not like there's a huge rush either. Especially for, for Black Widow, since it's a prequel. You know what I mean? It's not like it matters when you release that. Yeah, but at the same time, I feel like if you push that back, you also then got to push back Eternals. And then this. Also true. So, and then considering Marvel has a big, giant universe with things connecting to stuff, like... I'm pretty sure there's an order that they want things to come out with. I've, I don't yeah. I don't think it fucked them up in terms of Falcon and because remember Falcon and Winter Soldier was supposed to come out first, then WandaVision. Mm. I don't think that fucked up anything, but I do think they said that there was something in Black Widow that could potentially not spoil, but that shows up in Falcon and Winter Soldier, which is why they wanted that to come out first. Mm. So I don't know, but all I know that ultimately there's like a plan. Yeah. So. If, in Feige, we trust, right? But my point is, like, there's a plan with these shows, and, like, if coronavirus is getting in the way of that, like, just release it on Disney. Like, it's not like you... Not you don't have a choice, but it's not like... What, what, what am I trying to say? What are you trying to say? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not like Disney is more or less kind of forcing him to put it on, as opposed to... It's like, no, the world is fucked up right now, so you got to adjust. Yeah. I don't. I also don't feel people breaking on the door for Black Widow, like or or like I don't see people like where where is Black Widow? No, but at the same time, I, and granted, I understand like Black Widow could potentially make a billion dollars. Yeah, all their movies can. Potentially so live. yeah, you want to wait because you want to get that money. Yeah, especially that, with these money, Dis- honey. especially with these Disney Plus shows being so fucking expensive, you got to get that money from somewhere because I doubt even with the ninety-five million subscribers that Disney's making, that's still for the entirety of Disney plus mm. as opposed to like one property making a billion dollars. And then his next one properties, cause you still got to spread all of that money that all these subscribers are bringing. You got to spread that to all the properties of Disney plus yeah. as opposed to just this one movie making money. Yeah. You made a profit. The movie's already done. So you already spent the money. So you could take that money and put it towards other things. Unless you get greedy like Mulan and try and charge extra 30 bucks or whatever the fuck <laughs> on top of the Disney plus subscription. Subscription. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Fuck that. See that I wouldn't do. <laughs> I'm like, nah, that's okay. I don't want any to black widow that bad. <laughs> no, I wait. Just like, even I still haven't seen Mulan, but I was like, I'll wait till December when it's free. Yeah, <laughs> might as well. But speaking of a waiting, we're going to have to wait for this. But supposedly there's going to be a surprise secret cameo in Thor Love and Thunder. Who could that be? Surprise secret cameo. Loki. No, <laughs> I mean, maybe. Post credit scene? No. <laughs> uh, hmm. Who could it be? It's about gore. I mean, surprise. So it could be anybody. They've already got Chris Pratt. I saw there. a weird one and I was like, no. <laughs> what, Somebody was like, Storm? I was like, Storm? Why the fuck would Storm show up in a Thor movie? No sense. <laughs> Love and Thunder. That's why. Thunder's no. in there. <laughs> a Thundercat. I have no idea. Yeah, I got, I got no guess. Me either. Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> it's Matt Damon again. <laughs> no, you imagine that was it. <laughs> but I'll throw back to early episodes of my time here at Blurred Vision. Oh. Uh, Static Shock is now streaming on HBO Max, so go watch it. Go nice. support black people. Yeah, that's our outro every week. <laughs> yeah, gotta get up, gotta get up, gotta go, gotta get up, gotta get up, gotta go. So yeah, all I think all four seasons are streaming on HBO Max. Nice. 
Um, also, with that, Marvel just announced today that they're releasing a new series on Disney Plus coming that show out. So ahead of its time, sorry. Coming <laughs> out in uh, yes, it, yes, it was <laughs> coming out in March next next month. It's uh, called Marvel Studios Assembled. Oh, so it's like the Mandalorian documentaries. Yes, yeah, so yeah, it's basically it's not just Wandavision, but the start. I think the start of it is going to be uh, Wandavision. Oh, it's going to go through all of the Disney shows. Yeah, I believe so. Oh, oh that's cool. That's dope. Because it says a new series of specials goes behind the scenes of series and movies of the MCU. The first special is The Making of WandaVision. See, I'm not usually into shit like that, but the Mandalorian roundtable discussions were so insightful that I'm actually curious to see. Yeah, they, they were. Thing. But I've always been like interested in like, uh, like the behind the scenes stuff, gag reels. Mm. I like watching that type of stuff. Mm. So I, I, it's funny. I actually think I might have not been as much as I am now that I do filmmaking. But before when I didn't do filmmaking, I was like, yeah, I don't want to see the bloopers. But now I find it more interesting because like I've experienced bloopers. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's kind of the same thing. Like you yeah, and me going to school for theater and like I've always been interested in that stuff. Mm. So now, yeah, now you're on the other side of the table. <laughs> I see how the sausage is made. A lot of retakes. <laughs> Lots <Yes>. of retakes. <laughs> yes. Speaking of retake, somebody's getting a chance, is still getting a chance to redo his thing when we thought it was over, but apparently the Ryan Johnson Star Wars trilogy is still on. Why? <laughs> why? I have one strong Did question. You, didn't you like The Last Jedi? So why are you asking that? No, but... You know, here's the thing. And at least... Here's and, the thing. And, and, it's, it's completely original, right? So it's, it's his own thing. Yes. See, I, don't, I think Ryan Johnson's a good filmmaker. Like I mean, you love Knives Out. Yeah, right? I love Knives Out. That, that was I like one of your favorite out. movies ever, or whatever. Not fa- I didn't say favorite. No, nah, you said it was the best movie. I said, you said it was, I, said, I said favorite movie of the. Well, you like it more than Endgame. <laughs> no, actually, I like John Wick more than Endgame. Oh, you piece of shit! <laughs> <laughs> you piece. <laughs> I fight you. John Wick Three was fucking great. Oh, the travesty! Put some respect on fucking Tony Stark's name. Um, I mean, yes, yeah, so he's a good filmmaker. So it, I'm only going. Oh. Because of I'm thinking about all the worst parts of the Last Jedi, but the fact that, like, it, but to to put some some respect to Ron Johnson's name, he brought a lot of ideas to the Star Wars franchise that if if J.J. Abrams had followed through with them, they would have been uh, revolutionary for Star Wars. So right there, maybe I shouldn't be like, oh fuck, Ron Johnson's gonna be making his own trilogy. Maybe I should be like, huh. Maybe he's gonna breathe some fresh air into the trilogy now that he's got his own playground or, or a sandbox to play in and he doesn't have to fuck up other toys to to make his story make sense <laughs> that's kind of what he did the reason people hate him is because it's like you fucked up luke skywalker or you added fucking a girl with purple hair that's lgbt i guess <laughs> like, yeah, i'm angry about that or you made canto bite it was stupid remember that weird character uh, uh benicio del toro's character who's just a stutter yeah such a weird character Useless character. No one even talks about him anymore. I mean, even the the weird love interest that they introduced in the Rise of Skywalker for Poe that looked like a fucking bootleg Power Ranger. But that wasn't Ryan Johnson. That was no, it wasn't. But still, (laughs) talking about useless characters. Yeah, that was J.J. Abrams going. We can't have a white woman date a black man. Give him a black woman right now. (laughs) Stay in your race. You can't have a Colombian man and a black man dating. Either option is terrible. (laughs) Interracial, ill. (laughs) Gay. Ew, you stay in your race and heterosexuality fit. <laughs> and you, Poe, you've got a girlfriend now, too. She's a Power Ranger. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> You're both straight and like it. 
Yep. That was J.J. Abrams from like off screen every time they had a scene. <laughs> but then he does interviews saying, oh yeah, LGBTQ representation is very important to me. That's yeah, why yeah. I, if I you had a blink. Frame in the back. Yeah, I had a blink if you miss it moment. <laughs> a women kissing in the background. Yes, yes. PR, 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 PR. <laughs> Speaking of blink if you miss it moment, well, this is a blink if you miss it TV show because remember there were... Uh, I brought this up. They were going to do the Brazilian version of Wonder Woman or Wonder Girl. They're going to make it a TV show on the CW. What? I talked about that. And I showed you what she looks like. Yara Floor or whatever. The oh, wow. I care. So, you said CW? Yes. I care so little about CW. I, just, like, I mentally blocked it out. Wonder Girl live action pilot. Well, it's, wow. not, going, it's not going forward. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Well, maybe I'll check it out. Not. All right. Yeah, no. It's not, not. Why? She's too black. <laughs> But she's not even black. She's Spanish, you said? She's Brazilian. Brazilian. Yeah, sad news for all those asking. Wonder Girl is not getting picked up at the CW. I was very proud of the script I wrote. Wish I could have shared the world I created, but unfortunately it wasn't meant to be. Thanks for everyone's enthusiasm. It meant a lot to me. Well, I'm sure that was when Kate Kane was still in the picture, so they had a white Batwoman, so they wanted some diversity to have a black or Hispanic Wonder Girl, but then they added in a black Batwoman. They're like, we already have enough woke points. We don't need any more on the CW. Thanks for nothing. <laughs> Bye, Wonder Girl. See you out the door. Thank you. Well. I'm half know. joking, but I think that might have been the thought <laughs> process. I don't know, because they canceled a lot. They canceled the green, the green which as they should. But the, Arrow and the Canaries? Yeah, Arrow and the Canaries. Good! They should never <laughs> take out the ground to begin with. <laughs> You should have never gave those canary wings. <laughs> Fuck that. But then, uh, last, last, more fun type of bit of news before we get into the trash. Oh, man. But, uh, so supposedly they wanted Keanu Reeves to play Craven the Hunter. Why? I don't know. He's not a good actor. Yeah, he's not a good actor. Uh, granted, he's Keanu. I, I still like to see him in movies. John Wick was like my favorite movie of 2019. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Stop saying it like that. <laughs> Better than Endgame. Oh. <laughs> But at the same, I'm like, Craven the Hunter, no. But he passed on it, so. Oh, thank God. At least he's got a fucking self-awareness. Yeah. Who so. gave him the opportunity? Who? I want his name. <laughs> Whoever the person is. It's not the director, is it? No, it says uh, Kevin Feige approached Keanu Reeves. What? But Kevin Feige, I, in Kevin Feige we trust. Not to play Craven, but he wanted him to play something else. But it says Sony beat him to the punch and approached him. For Craven, which he said no. Oh, so it wasn't gonna be an MCU thing. This is gonna be a Sony verse thing. Well, Craven, yeah, that's he's owned by Sony. Oh, I forgot about that. I, I something about Spider Man being in the MCU. You know, I totally. Oh, well, I would love to see Craven as a villain. That's what I'm saying. The MCU. For uh, well, I was gonna say Black Panther. Yeah, it didn't make sense to cross over Spider Man then. Yeah, that'd be cool. But it's not gonna be Keanu. Fucking Reeves. Keanu Reeves. He's like the the. Safari? Keanu Reeves? <laughs> no! He's a surfer! <laughs> Pretty Whoa. much. I'm hunting yeah. in the jungle. I'm coming after you, T'Challa. Well, I'm not T'Challa. <laughs> yeah. Black, Black Panther. Man is the greatest game. I know Peter Kung Parker. <laughs> I know Kung Fu. Yeah, man, no. He's better when he doesn't talk, okay? So, unless he, his whole role was going to be silent, I didn't want it. <laughs> okay. Okay, what is the trash news? Are you ready? Are you ready? I'm ready. So, uh, we already know about all the stuff that was happening with uh, Ray Fisher and the investigation and Joss Whedon and John Berg and Alan, not Alan Horn, that's Disney. Yeah. And uh, Walter Hamada and everything like that. And then people were throwing 
Ray Fisher under the bus and saying he's lying and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Show them the receipts, bro. Well, uh, Charisma Carpenter came out on Thursday, I think. It was sometime last week. But she basically came out and talked about the uh, what she experienced with Joss Whedon. And this is like from on many, set years of Angel. Was, yes, oh, this is Angel. Okay. This, yeah, on Angel. But this, but also with this, like, because I saw also some people were like, why, why didn't they wait? Or why are people coming out now? When where were they when 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 Ray Fisher was in the midst of all these allegations and yada yada yada? Why are people saying? I'm, but Charisma Carpenter, she spoke about this back in 2009. It's just nobody listened to her. Nobody cared. Mm. She was at a comic like I, there's a video on YouTube because she's not she's not in the public spotlight right now. Yeah, yeah. she there's a video on YouTube where she first talked about it in 2009 at a comic con because somebody asked her like, "How was the experience working with Joss?" Not even no. They oh. asked her like, "How did you feel about the storyline in uh, season four of Angel where they had Connor and them hook up and all this other stuff and then." Like, how do you feel? How did you feel about Cordelia not making? Oh, that's right. She was fucking around with fucking Angel's son. Yeah. Like, how did you feel about that storyline? Ew. And, yeah. Ew. How did you feel about that storyline? And then also the fact that Cordelia died, and all. So they asked her about that, and then she finally was just talking about. She talked. Wait, wait, real quick before we get into that, just just to refresh my memory about how she died in Angel. She got pregnant and died. Or? She got. She got. She got. Connor got her pregnant. Connor. Oh, that was why it was so weird. I forgot. Angel's kid knocked up Cordelia and got her pregnant, and then yeah. she died. And then she gave birth to a god, more or less, which was played by Gina Torres, the black woman. The black woman. Right. That. That's when Angel was like, and the "This birth, is weird." The birth. I hate this. Like sucked out her life essence, and she died. She oh, was, that's right, because everybody was like, all like, her god powers were everyone loved her. Yeah. So I'm actually everyone loved her. She was in a, so she was in a coma ever since then, but then. The halfway point of season season five, the one hundredth episode, she woke up from the coma, even though she wasn't really woken up. She got the powers that be gave her like one more opportunity to come back because Angel was like falling off the wheel or whatever from the power of running Wolf from her heart in season five. Yeah. So Cordelia was that beacon to bring him back to the light, and it died more or less. And then she died right after that. And then it was revealed that all that time that you saw her in the episode, she wasn't actually there. She was still in, bed. in the hospital bed. Right, okay. It was, a very, it was a very good episode. Yeah, no, I'm remembering as you're explaining it, because I, I saw the episode, so I'm like, oh, right, okay, yeah. I, 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 I asked because I had this, all I remember was the feeling. And the feeling, I remember she died really fucked up. And that was it, because she fucked Angel's son, and then gave birth to a god from it. That yeah. was weird. Okay. And they talked about, and she talked about, and, uh, and of course she still played it off, and talked about oh i would still work with him again but yeah it was a very tenuous relationship she she talked about it without really talking about it but but she did say it was a very tense and problematic relationship wait 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 what she say about uh, to answer the guy's question about what did she feel about that that sequence oh she said i hated it even even even, uh julie bentz who was on the stage with her that played darla she's like yeah i didn't approve either so gross <laughs> like whose idea it's and so she said and she, she said in that video that like porn yeah she said and she said in that video that the reason he did that is because he was punishing her and her character because he didn't like the fact that she got pregnant wow yeah so he he wrote that in about the son specifically to just fuck her over to fuck over to fuck, fuck over, over her character. character yeah and it did it made me look at Prue like what the fuck what an asshole! Even though she didn't agree, like as a writer, I'm like I'm offended. Yeah. As a writer, it's like you you use your power 
to deliberately fuck up this woman's legacy as this character that people love. Because even though she didn't agree with it, she has to like she. Hey, she she now now she's pregnant, so yeah. now she has another responsibility to where she's like the breadwinner for her family and things like that. So yeah. it's like, and plus she has a contract. What is she gonna do? Not do it and then get sued? Yeah. So oh, so gross. It's only last week. So again, it was very very vague. But she came out with a statement uh, on Instagram. It's a very it's a long statement. The statement was vague. It seemed pretty. Uh... No no no. I mean, two thousand nine. Oh, she, okay, she, yeah. she was saying stuff, but then she didn't really say stuff. Oh okay yeah. But then like she gave like a like recently an she she let she let pretty much all of it out and yeah. in, on Instagram. So I'm gonna read it. It's gonna be a while. Okay, I'll sit back. <laughs> oh, this last half of the conversation is going to be because then we got to get talk about the other but Then we still have to talk about Gina Carano. But yeah, oh, the trash Lord. part. <laughs> but yeah. For nearly two decades, I've held my tongue and even made excuses for, for certain events that traumatized me to this day. Joss Whedon abused his power on numerous occasions while working together on the sets of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel. While he found his misconduct amusing, it only served to intensify my performance anxiety, disempower me, and alienate me from my peers. The disturbing incidents triggered a chronic physical condition from which I still suffer. It is with a beating, heavy heart that I say I coped in isolation and at times destructively. Last summer, when Ray Fisher publicly accused Joss of abusive and unprofessional behavior towards the cast and crew, during reshoots on the Justice League set in 2017, it gutted me. Joss has a history of being casually cruel. Let me take this damn mask off. <laughs> oh, now, now it's okay. Because I'm like, I'm reading this long statement. And I'm like, I can't fucking breathe. And plus, like, it's peeling. So, like, as I'm breathing, like, the peeling of the mask is, like, getting in my mouth. Joss has a history of being casually cruel. He has created a hostile and toxic work environment since his early career. I know because I experienced it firsthand, repeatedly, like his ongoing passive-aggressive threats to fire me, which wreaks havoc on a young actor's self-esteem, and callously calling me fat to colleagues when I was four months pregnant, weighing 126 pounds. He was mean and biting, disparaging about others openly and often played favorites, pitting people against one another to compete and buy for his attention and approval. He called me in for a sit down meeting to interrogate me and berate me regarding a rosary tattoo I got to help me feel more spiritually grounded in an increasingly volatile work climate that affected me personally. Josh, J J Joss intentionally refused multiple calls from my agents, making it impossible to connect with him and tell him the news that I was pregnant. Finally, once Joss was appraised of the situ apprised of the situation, he requested a meeting with me. In that closed-door meeting, he asked if I was going to keep it and manipulatively weaponized my womanhood and faith against me. He proceeded to attack my character, mock my religious beliefs, accused me of sabotaging the show, and then unceremoniously fired me the following season once I gave birth. At six months pregnant, I was asked to report to work at 1 a.m. 1 a.m. after my doctor recommended shortening my work hours. Due to the long and physically demanding days and the emotional stress of having to defend my needs as a working pregnant woman, I began to experience Braxton Hicks contractions, which if you remember from WandaVision, guys, you know what that is. Mm. It was clear to me at 1 a.m. at the 1 a.m. call was a wait. It was clear to me the 1 a.m. call was a 
It was clear to me that the 1 a.m. call was retaliatory. Back then, I felt powerless and alone with no clear, with no other option. I swallowed the mistreatment and carried on. After all, I had a baby on the way and I was the primary breadwinner of my growing family. Unfortunately, all of this was happening during one of the most wonderful times in, a, in new motherhood. All that promise and joy sucked right out and Joss was the vampire. Despite the harassment, a part of me still saw his validation. I made excuses for his behavior and repressed my own pain. I have even stated publicly at conventions that I would work with him again. And she said that in that video from 2009, like I would work with him again. Yeah. Only recently, after years of therapy and a wake-up call from the Time's Up movement, do I understand the complexities of this demoralized thinking. It is impossible to understand the psyche without, en without enduring the abuse. Our society and industry vilify the victims and glorify the abusers for their accomplishments. The onus, the onus is on the abused with the expectation to accept and adapt to be employable. No accountability on the transgressor who sails on unscathed, unrepentant, remorseless. These memories and more have weighed on my soul like bricks for nearly half of my life. I wish I said something sooner, which I mean, she technically did. Uh, I wish I said something sooner. I wish I had the composure and courage all those years ago, but I muted myself in shame and conditioned silence and conditioned silence with tears welling. I feel an overwhelming sense of responsibility to Ray and others for remaining private about my experience with Joss and the suffering it has caused me. It is abundantly evident that Joss has persisted in this harmful in his harmful actions, continuing to cr create wreckage in his wake. My hope now, by finally coming forward about these experiences, is to create space for healing of others who I know have experienced similar serialized abuses of power. Recently, I participated in Warner Brothers and Warner Media's Justice League investigation because I believe Ray to be a person of integrity who's telling the truth. His firing as Cyborg in The Flash was the last straw for me. Although I am not shocked, I am deeply pained by it. It troubles and saddens me that in 2021, professionals still have the wait. Professionals still have to choose between whistleblowing in the workplace and job security. Because remember, Ray Fisher got fired. Yeah. From. It has taken me so long to muster the courage to make this statement publicly. The gravity of it is not lost on me. As a single mother whose family's livelihood is dependent on my craft, I'm scared. Despite my fear about its impact on my future, I can no longer remain silent. This is overdue and necessary. It is time. So she came out with that statement. And then, like, a couple days later, I should have had all this, like, ready, but it's not going to take, <laughs> not gonna take more. It's not going to take me that long. So Amber Benson, who played Tara. All right. Okay. She came out and said, uh... I stand with Ray Fisher and I stand with Charisma, Charisma Carpenter. Buffy was a toxic toxic environment Damn. and it starts at the top. She wasn't in that long. <laughs> Charisma Charisma speaking truth and I support her 100%. There was a lot of damage there was a lot of damage done during that time and many of us are still processing it 20 plus years later. Uh J August Richards who plays Gun. Oh, Gun. Black guy. 
Yes. <laughs> he came out and said, sending my love to Charisma Carpenter. I know feelings of vulnerability and fear that come with speaking your truth. As I said to you yesterday, so they had a private conversation on the phone. Mm. I'm here for you however you need me. But he didn't. No, he didn't say. I mean, oh. he didn't necessarily. He just agreed. Or he just said that he believes her and stands with her, basically. Yeah. yeah. So maybe he probably dealt with something. Maybe not. Or maybe he's just saying, I stand with you. Yeah. But Sarah Michelle Gellar came out and said, "Oh, the big woman." <laughs> while I am proud to have the my name be herself, <laughs> while I am proud to have my name associated with Buffy Summers, I do not want to forever be associated with the name Joss Whedon. Oh shit! When Buffy says it, though, and she says, "I'm not." She says, "I'm more focused on raising my family and surviving currently, so I would not be making any further statements." But I stand with all survivors of abuse victims and proud for them speaking out. So then Michelle Trachtenberg, who plays. I mean, elaborate, Buffy. Come on, say something else. <laughs> I mean, does she have to, though? She said, I'm not, right now, I'm focusing on, like, because even coming as a person who was molested, like, there's, I don't want to keep talking about that shit, like, just to relive it. Like, I move, I move past it. Yeah, like, I guess so. But I don't know. When you, when she makes a move like that, and it's like, clearly she's like, I know my, but my least, word holds but a lot part of weight. But part of me kind of feels like at least saying something so say, is still an acknowledgement. Yeah, yeah. Even just like a quick line of like, like I've experienced something similar. Or I've seen things. But even, but, but, cause my theory, like maybe she didn't experience anything. Cause I'm thinking but she's, she's Buffy. Yeah. Joss Whedon is not going to, cause if she walks, walks or whatever, yeah. like there's no show. Yeah. But somebody like, somebody that maybe has lesser power. Plus she was Sarah Michelle Gellar. Before. Granted, she wasn't the big name she was, but she still had it. Like she came from all my children and stuff. Like, so she had a name. Oh, I only knew from Buffy. As opposed to like. Charisma Carpenter, who was like, not to say that it, it's justified, but she wasn't as big. Yeah, yeah, I feel you. So then uh, Michelle Trachtenberg, who played Dawn, she retweeted or she reposted Sarah Michelle Gellar's uh, statement. But then she came out and said, uh, in the caption, she said, thank you, Sarah Michelle Gellar, for saying this. I am brave enough as a 35-year-old woman to repost this because this must be known. As a teenager... With his not appropriate behavior, very not appropriate. People, uh, so now people know what Josh. So now people know what Josh did, and this is the last thing I'll say. There was a rule on set saying he's not allowed alone in the room with Michelle. He's not allowed in a room alone with Michelle again. But Sarah Michelle Gellar? No, 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 her. Oh wait, who's wait? I'm sorry, who's Michelle, Michelle Trachtenberg? Dawn. Dawn. Oh, what the fuck? Yes. So he's basically, he's saying with his very not appropriate behavior, very not appropriate. So basically there was something that he did or said yeah. that they, so had a, they had a rule on set. So everybody knew about it. They had a rule on set that said he's not allowed to be in a room with her alone. alone. So what I'm understanding is Jocelyn's kind of a creepy asshole. <laughs> like that's what it sounds like. And, and it, honestly, you can see it in his work. I was gonna say like, like in, you can see in the work. comics that he had Xander and Dawn get together in the comics. What? Yeah, in the in the I didn't know he wrote in comics. the canon. Yeah. I mean, even if he didn't write it, he approved it. Yeah. Because it's on it's under his name, but I'm thinking he did write that. That's weird. but yeah, Xander and Dawn got together. In the I comics. wasn't even thinking about something like that. I was thinking of shit like recent, like Justice League, and and when his hands are on Justice League, how quickly for some reason we all have those weird low angle ass shots of Wonder Woman. You know what I'm saying? And the fact, even that weird joke where she, he, where Flash lands on top of her, and it's like, haha, it's funny because why he's a man and he's laying on top of a woman? That's the joke, Joss, really? And then I even heard after the fact that Gal Gadot was uncomfortable with that. 
And I wasn't comfortable even seeing that moment. I'm like, why is the fuck? It's not funny. That's mm-hmm. awkward. Yeah. We, this is this is this is Wonder Woman, the female empowerment like icon. And you're gonna make a weird sex joke, kinda, at her expense. It's odd. And Marty Knoxon, who was also the sh- co-showrunner with Joss Whedon, she said. I would like to validate what the women of Buffy are saying and support them in telling their story. They deserve to be heard. I understand what Charisma, Amber, Michelle, and all the women who have spoken out are coming from. And then she... Keep going. There was something from Serenity, too, that he wrote. And then she, then she, then she posted a link of uh, her and somebody else talking about, talking about abuse and things like that. Oh, no, I'm going to get to that, too. Uh, so actors from uh, a, per, a writer from Firefly came out and spoke as well. Uh, there was an episode that I don't remember if it was in it or if it was cut. I remember someone talking about it, but there was an episode of Serenity or Firefly where one of the characters who's like a prostitute, there was like some storyline where she literally had to like sleep with people. To save something, I don't. Remember. I, I gotta actually find it, but it was skeevy as fuck. It was like, what? So the premise is she fucks everybody in the room. Oh, that was it. She was an assassin, and she, I think she either put poison inside of herself or in her mouth or something, and she had sex with a bunch of dudes that wanted to kill her, and then they all died, and that was how she got her revenge, by by raping them to death, basically. And it's like, that's empowerment in your mind, Joss. That's kind of problematic, bro. <laughs> and I remember thinking that in passing back then. But like the fact that this stuff keeps like it's like a pattern now, and it's like, hmm, interesting. And the fact that he rests his laurels on being the female empowerment guy. It's, to me, it's the same thing as when a guy goes, "I'm a nice guy." Well, also that remember, means you're a creep. Well, well, <laughs> if also, you have to be like on front street, I'm a nice guy. Well, also remember, his, only assholes say you're a nice guy. Remember, uh, uh, and, and and again, a lot of people are just like, "Oh, maybe she's just a disgruntled ex." Remember, his wife, his ex-wife came out. Oh right, yeah, that's it. With a statement years ago, it was like, "Oh yeah, he pushed himself as this idea. He's a feminist, but the shit that he's done." Needs to be put on front street. Nobody really paid her attention. I think that came out in 2017. Yeah, because like but you say, it, it cost her. Like a... But that statement did cause him to get fired from Batwoman. Because remember, he was supposed to write a Batwoman show. Oh. Because he's the feminist. Yeah. Or no, Batgirl. I thought it was. Was it Batgirl? Oh yeah, Batgirl. Batgirl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But a writer on Firefly, uh, Jose Molina, came out and said, uh, "Joss Whedon was casually cruel." And that's the perfect way to describe him. And they were. Uh, he would have meetings during like the writer's room where he bragged and thought it was funny that he would make female writers cry during note sessions. Wow. And he actually like he actually liked to boast of, yeah, he said he actually liked to boast about the time he made one writer cry twice in a meeting. Wow. What a dick. Why? Power, man. Power, power. man. You know what? So that also makes you think about... He's a nerd that has power and he's lost his fucking mind. That's the only thing that makes sense. So then it also makes you think about, like, remember he was talking about, oh, there's some tension and drama and and stuff like what is a very contentious relationship that he had with Marvel and why he left Marvel Studios after Age of Ultron. Yeah. So it makes... I'm like, so was it really Marvel or was it you? Yeah. Maybe Kevin Feige didn't let you run around and be an asshole like you wanted to be. Yeah. This seemed weird. Because granted, there was that all controversy about him, like when people were getting upset, rightfully so, when he, uh, when Black Widow called herself a monster because she was like, oh, I can't get pregnant or whatever. Oh, but see, at the time, I didn't really think of anything like I that. I didn't think of it at the time either because I was like, no, I think she's saying she's a monster because she's a murderer. 
But at the same time, he still yeah. put it in one, the same sentence. It's true. It's true. It's true. Again, these things create a pattern. And it's hard to deny the pattern. You know what I'm saying? You might be able to deny any one of these things in like a vacuum. But when you put it in the line, it's like, hmm. Seems like something that's going far back. It stretches far back and it's still happening to this very day. So, I, what, is there smoke this fire? There's a lot of, there's a lot of smoke. <laughs> a lot of smoke from a lot of different places. I just, I want to find that fucking. Because I was going to say, yeah, because it's, it's, like, like, it's not just like it's just one person. Like, there's a pat. Like, and it's not like they're coming out. What? No, never mind. I thought I found it. And it's not like these people are like, granted, even if they were, but it's not like this is all new. Like this, like, like I said, Charisma Carpenter spoke about this in 2020, 2009. There was, there were uh Buffy set performers where a husband and wife quit the show of Buffy because uh, he was talking about how he didn't like how Joss would talk and treat, treat his wife. Oh, they, wow. they came out a while ago. Again, nobody really cared. Yeah. Cause you know, it's still Joss Whedon. So this is a guy that keeps getting away with, like, maybe not super-duper heinous, like, outright, like, raping somebody things, but just over time, he's emboldened as, to, to be an asshole because no one's checking him. So he just keeps doing it and keeps mm -hmm. building. And uh, Anthony Storehead, who played Giles, he came out with the statement, not necessarily saying he experienced anything, but he was just like, I've been up most nights just running through my memories thinking, what did I miss? And this is not... And this is not a man saying, I didn't see it, so it didn't happen. I'm gutted. I'm seriously gutted because my fondest memory of Buffy is the fact that it was so empowering, not just in the words and the script, but the family feel of the show. I'm really sad to see if people went through these experiences that, wait, I'm really sad that if people went through these experiences that they, that they didn't. I was sort of like a father figure and I would hope that someone would come to me saying, I'm struggling. I just had a horrible conversation. Admittedly, the first post by Charisma was when she was working on Angel and I wasn't, and I was long gone, but there were other posts subsequently that are making me think, how on earth did I not know what was going on? Things that make you go, hmm. And David Boreana's Angel came out with a statement. His statement was more vague. He just said, I'm here for you to listen and support you. Proud of your strength. David Boreanaz is what he said. But then there's one, because I think he has, a, I think he has a allegations of flashing his Bones co-star. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> flashing his Bones co-star, his bones. His bone, yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, eh. And then uh, Spike. That sounds like a reserved statement to make for somebody who also is dealing with their own controversy. <laughs> and then Spike said, while I'm proud, kind of the same thing that Sarah Michelle Gellar said, while I'm proud, while I will always be honored to have played the character of Spike, the Buffy set was not without challenges. I do not support abuse of any kind, and I'm heartbroken to learn of the experiences of some of the cast. I send my love and support to all involved. And I mean, James Marsters has come out before just saying like, his relationship with Joss and even Sarah Michelle Gellar ended up straining because of that rape scene with Spike. Like he didn't want to do it. There's he a was rape scene with Spike. He Spike tried to rape Buffy. What? Yeah. Okay. He, he didn't. Want, I'm seeing a pattern. Here. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't. He didn't want to do it. And he was very uncomfortable doing it. But Joss was like, "No, that like has like I and, gotta fulfill my fantasies in the show." So, okay, that's what it feels like. And so, from based on what I know, like even that scene, like it strained him and Sarah's relationship because it's a very tense scene. And and but he, do you see how this this weird sexual? And shit he even said he up? even said like after that scene because it's like 
you know, as an actor, you got to get into it. But it's yeah. like he's he was very uncomfortable. He said he had to go to therapy after that. I do not remember that. And scene, he still talks shit. about it to this. Like he still talks about that to this day. Like he, that shit made him uncomfortable. So but meanwhile, Joss Whedon is in the corner getting off on it. Is that not the read you're getting from this? The fact that this is a pattern that keeps happening in Joss Whedon's writing. The fact that look, I'll say it front street. You can tell a lot about a person through their writing. You can see patterns in their thought process, in their writing. You can see patterns in their lives and their, the, the things they think about and the lessons they take from life in their writing. That's, you kind of have to as a writer because you're putting the things you know into your writing. The fact that I keep seeing this trend <laughs> with Joss Whedon and the sexual shit, to, it's, it's almost like he's living his fantasies. Like I was mentioning with the Firefly thing, it's like he's living his weird, perverted nerd fantasies through his writing. Just saying. I'm, I'm also I'm, I'm curious if like anybody on the Avengers set. Not that that invalidates everything else, but I'm just wondering like how far does this go? Yeah. Like is anybody on Firefly? I'm trying to find that Firefly thing because like that's such a weird story. I was like, what? And Faith came. Faith came out with a statement of support and like charisma and things like that. Crazy so, ass Faith. <laughs> faith, Faith the Vampire. Still so, being yeah. crazy. <laughs> so yeah, she came out with a statement. Not not saying she experienced, but she just basically came out with a statement of support. And then uh, Nicholas Brendan, his statement was kind of like, eh. <laughs> "Who's Nicholas Brendan? Who plays Xander?" Oh, Xander. Yeah, he was I mean, like Xander. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah, he was like, "Well, yeah, there was some challenges on on the set of Buffy, but at the same time, you know, but I love Joss, and you know, you got to let people grow and heal, and all that. So, just say nothing, Xander. <laughs> <laughs> You're better off saying nothing. That's that's essentially what his uh." What his statement was, but yeah, that's that's basically the Joss Whedon. Joss Whedon drama. Oh, wait. Is this it? I'm sorry. And Ray Fisher came out recently again and was just like, because I think a lot of people were probably like asking more, probably asking more questions or whatever. But he was like, he said, there's only one reason that I haven't been sued by Joss Whedon, Toby Emmerich, jo- uh, jo- jo- Jeff Johns, John Berg, or Walter Hamada. They know I'm telling the truth. Oh, uh, Ray Fisher? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't doubt him at this point. It's just a matter of, is it enough to actually do anything to Joss? Is it like, like, what is when they say they're investigating? Are they just investigating these individual stories like this to establish Well, clearly, well, I mean, they're not investigating anymore because he got fired. Ray got fired. No, Sam, Joss Whedon got, well, Joss Whedon got fired from a Warner Brothers project. Oh. The show that we watched the trailer for. Oh, the fucking uh, Nevers or The Nevers. That was it? That's the only consequence is that he gets fired from that job? I mean... That's what I'm saying. Like, what is it? Like, is it just him being an asshole consistently? Because I was going to say, I mean, I guess what other consequence... Because I mean... Because... That's what I'm saying. That's why I not, feel like it not to be an Not to diminish it, but I'm like, but he didn't like, as far as we know, he didn't physically assault anybody. Yeah, it's just him being a consistent asshole. He's just being a consistent. So I'm like, I don't know if you go to, you don't go to jail for that. No, you don't. So what else? That's, but, but the what way, other guess, consequence is there besides, at least for now or whatever? Because, you know, they always end up coming. Like, even look at Mel Gibson. He's now working again. He disappeared for like 10 years. I mean, Gina Crown was working already. Like, <laughs> That but was like, fast. But if anything, I'm like, the consequence is really just he doesn't work for now. It's not to say he's never going to work again. I mean, he's still Joss Whedon. He can go out and do his own fucking project. Yeah. He, it just won't be with Disney. Or, Rich, bitch. It just won't be with Disney or Warner Brothers. Like, he did uh, Dr. Horrible on his own. So if he wants, he can still make films. Yeah. It just won't be with these people. 
That's crazy. Man, I like Dr. Horrible. You ruined this for me, Joss. You ruined... You were the king of nerds. What happened, dude? I mean, I'm of the note... I'm like... That's, that's, that's I, I, don't necessarily, I don't necessarily think you have to throw away things that you watched before well, you knew. He's not like... It's, it's just anything new. Just you don't have to... Kind of like the same thing with Harry Potter. You don't have to burn your Harry Potter books. Just if she comes out with anything new... If you really feel strongly about it, you don't have to. You don't have to support it. I mean, but to be fair, Joss Whedon is kind of—I don't want to say falling off, but he hasn't been churning out the hits that I appreciate the way he used to back in the nineties. Because I'm like, I'm not gonna. Cause, Avengers, cause, really, Avengers and Age of Ultron were the last granted, things he made. And granted, like, everything. Age of Ultron was like, man. Every, and you know, everybody's gonna do it, do it their own way, and their, in, in, you know, support in their own in their own way. But I'm not going to like throw away Buffy or never watch Buffy or Angel again just because of this. Yeah, you got a deeper attachment than that shit than even I do. But I'm not going to just like, like for me, I'm like, I don't, I probably won't watch the Nevers. Because <laughs> even if he, even though he's not attached to it, he's the show creator. He's still going to get make money from it. Mm. Or if he comes out with something else. Yeah. New. Damn shame. Damn shame. But, Kind of, the writing has been on the wall for a while. I mean, sucks. <laughs> sucks when an asshole is discovered for being an asshole. But honestly, I can't never, like, and maybe this is all tw- hindsight is twenty twenty. But like I said before, with the, the fact that I've seen this pattern in his writing, he kind of gave me that vibe anyway. And I mean, and yeah, it does suck. Like, talk about, you know, you made, like Buffy. Like, Buffy was a huge impact on me. Like, Buffy yeah. is what made me want to write. But does it, as a fan of Buffy, does it now make things make more sense? Like, it makes some. There's of a lot of things because there's a lot of there was a lot of props, especially now. Like, there, yeah, there's a lot of moments, like problematic moments, that even like like that that happens with Buffy or conversations that people are like putting Buffy in check, and it's like, no, that doesn't make it. Like, especially like Xander. Mm. Like Xander is trash. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm not talking about granted the actor too, but I'm talking about Xander the character. Oh, I don't. I honestly don't remember Xander. Xander's, Xander's trash, and like out of all the cat, like you go back and watch interviews. Joss Whedon does say out of all the characters, he's like, granted, all of them are me because they're all coming from my mind. He's Xander. So there's a piece of them. But he's like, but if I were to pick which character is the most like me, I would say Xander. Ah, I was like, well, well that makes a lot more yeah, sense now, doesn't it? A lot more sense. <laughs> and then also when you get into he got. Xander got together with Dawn in the comics, mm. which are canon to the show. Oh, look at that. More nerd wish fulfillment. Isn't that weird? And then you think about the whole rule that's on set that he couldn't be alone with Michelle. Mm. So he got to have his cake in comic book form, you say. Getting creepier the more you talk, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> but that's my point. <laughs> yeah. Like, the story starts off like, yeah, Xander's trash. But as you continue talking, it's like, yeah, yeah, clearly there's a little line connecting Joss Whedon and this creepy shit, man. Like, wow. Damn it, Josh. That's crazy. <laughs> so, yeah. He literally had... Yeah, bro. Putting those pieces together of like, he can't be around Dawn by herself. Also, she's an underage girl. She, I was going to say, also, she's... Yeah. Out of all of the characters, like, out of all... Of, she was the only one that was cast at the age that she was playing. Because, like, Sarah but Michelle Gellar, she was 16. 16? But she was 19. She was... Like, Buffy was 16, but she was 19. Yeah. The rest of them were, like, 20, 21. Yeah. Sarah Michelle Gellar was before dawn. She was one of the youngest. So then he had his uh, his story surrogate Xander hook up with her in the comics. I think it goes back to Joss Whedon having some sexual wish fulfillment in his writing, bro. I think that's the the root cause of all this shit. Makes a lot of sense now that I'm thinking about it. 
But yeah, but all the, the talk about it, like cancel culture. Like, I mean, maybe it not, even not goes as deep as consequences. Maybe even goes as deep as Buffy just having sex with Angel to make him evil. Like maybe even even that level of like, why didn't you have a sex to become evil again? No, no, because sex has to be evolved. That's why. I mean, no, that I don't necessarily take because that was like a thing in the '90s where, especially in television, where they're like. Oh well, when you have sex with the guy, he ghosts. Or I mean, shit, that happens in real yeah, life. I'm not saying like me now. <laughs> I like that happens in real life, y'all. When y'all hook up, yeah. then all of a sudden he don't. He or she, mostly he, mostly he, they don't want to talk to you because they got what they wanted. Yeah, yeah. I'll give you that meta- as a metaphor. So it's, yeah, as a metaphor, it's, it's like instead he of he uses that metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't have to, but he did. <laughs> Just saying. I mean, I like Angel going evil. <laughs> I also like Angel going evil. Look, I, I distinctly remember Angel going evil was one of like the biggest what-the-fuck moments in my childhood life. Yes. But still, now with hindsight and knowing everything else about this guy, it's like, hmm. <laughs> things that make you go, hmm. Well, speaking of things that make you go, hmm. So, final news bit. So, Gina Carano. <laughs> Michael, do not attack her freedom of speech. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't say it. <laughs> Gina Carano was fired from season three of. She will not be returning from season three of The Mandalorian, and she will not because she was supposed to get her own show. Yeah, because the fucking. So basically, <laughs> the internet canceled her. She fucked up. Not trying to speak her mind. Gina Carano <laughs> fucked up her own bag. Not only is she not coming back for season three, she's not getting her own show, and it was just like. This show was like put her on the map more but or Michael, less. Not she, that not that nobody knew who she was, but this show was definitely put her on the map. But she was such a good actress that will be sorely missed from she every interact. No, she wasn't. <laughs> she wasn't. And it's funny because I saw a lot of people coming out like, "Oh, boycott Disney, cancel Disney." Hashtag for Gina Carano. Yeah. Meanwhile, Disney has gained ninety seven or ninety three point a million of subscribers in one month. So I'm like, uh, how about that cancel Disney? And then also I'm like the I same the same. Disney. Person, one of the one of those same people that would like oh cancel Disney for their their you know la, uh, uh, problematic uh, why am I drawing a blank I'm like stuttering all of a sudden but for their take on freedom of speech and and <laughs> and uh, and uh, deplatforming conservatives it, the same person that's saying that was the same person that because like they posted the tweets side by side it's like a big I can't think of his name it's like Ethan something. He was the same person that was complaining about Gina Carano when she first showed up on the show. Oh, Mandalorian and the SJW agenda. Now, all of a sudden, it's like... But now like, that he, she talks his language, he's all like, protect her at all costs. Yeah. She is the cornerstone of the... Without her, the Mandalorian would have been trash. And then Ted Cruz is like, yes, freedom of speech for Gina Carano. And when Ted Cruz is on your side, you know you're in the wrong side. <laughs> But basically, I'm not even gonna read her full statement. But basically, she was coming out and uh, fucking biased. She she <laughs> she basically compared uh, being Republican today to Jews during the during Nazi Germany. I mean, I've or, seen that. And she she was basically saying like there's so much more that she said. Yeah, she, that's a, that's I mean, a simplification. She, well, yeah, that's the same. I'm gonna say I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna simplify it both ways. Like she basically was just saying that. Uh, the reason that they were able to get away with it is because their neighbors mm-hmm. or whatever turned the neighbors against each yeah, other. Yeah, neighbors yeah. turned against each other. How is that any different than the right and left? What's happening now? Look, then, how you, is that any you, different than Republicans if you put that today? In a vacuum. I kind of see where she's coming from. In a vacuum, yes, yeah. but at the same time, Republicans aren't getting murdered and put in the gas no. chamber like no. that. To compare it to the Holocaust, like nobody's no. getting Republicans aren't getting branded. No. Ripped away from families, stripped, you know, put in gas chambers, no. raped, dismembered, and not, no, no, they're not. They're no. just being told to shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, and especially when you're high profile. <laughs> and it's not even that she's—it's not even conservative shit. 
Like, if you want to... That's yeah, the and that's that's in. the thing. Like people saying conservative, it's not like are, are, are people coming against your stance on taxes? No, no, it's it's her spreading lies, disinformation about masks and vaccinations, and basically all crazy Trump shit. That's what she's being doing. Being anti-trans. Yeah, what was the anti-trans? I saw that she people were saying that she made that statement, but I didn't see what the statement was that was anti-trans. Uh, because I guess uh, I think some people were saying that uh. Cause she was saying that she's against bullying and yada yada yada. So people were just like, it would be it would be helpful if you put like your pronouns in your bio. And she's like, I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna put beep bop boop oh. or some shit. Okay, see, I don't think that's anti-trans. I think, and my girlfriend said this too. She's she's like, I don't think Jen Crown's like transphobic or fucking racist or whatever they think she is. I think she's a smartass, and she's the type of person that when someone tells her to do something, she bucks against it. And just, even she came out and admitted later on that, no, she was kind of mocking it because she said, oh, well, I had a conversation with Pedro Pascal because he has a trans, uh, I, I don't know if it's a trans sister or a trans brother, because I'm not sure if it's, but he has a trans family member mm-hmm. and they had a conversation. He was like, well, after having a conversation with Pedro Pascal, I now understand why people, but so she's like, I take whatever the statement I made, I take it back. I'm still not doing it though. I mean, that's not that's fair. She apologized. But no, but I'm saying, but she but she admitted that she was saying it to mock the whole thing. Yeah, but but I'm not saying that she didn't do it not to mock. I'm just saying that her personality type is the type of person that will buck against someone that tells her to do something. So it's not like she's transphobic. It's the big difference between mocking something and being completely transphobic against something. I think she was just going, "You want me to put fucking what my fucking bio? If I don't, you what? Cancel me? Fuck you! Beep bop boop. Take that." That's the type of person. And the fact that she keeps making memes and posting all this dumb shit and like things that in her mind I think would be funny. Like she thinks it's funny. That's why she's posting all this shit repeatedly. Even people tell her, stop, stop. You're going to get canceled. Stop. This is stupid as fuck. Stop. What are you doing? This is ridiculous. Stop. She's still doing it. That tells me it's a, per- it's a personality thing. And her personality is, I'm going to fucking do what I want. And you can't tell me no. And that's the same mentality as all these conservatives that want to take, oh, that's freedom of speech. I can say whatever I want. And yeah, motherfucker, you can't say whatever you want. But that doesn't mean there's no consequences for the things you say. And that's the thing, about, that's, and that's the thing about this idea of, 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 of when it, people talk about freedom of speech. It's like, hey, freedom of speech is for the government. She's not in jail right now. So her no. freedom of speech is still protected. Yeah. She can still go on whatever Fox. She can still go on Fox News. She can still, she's still on Twitter. She still has a freedom of speech. Yeah. But if you want to use that analogy, freedom of speech, because they're like, oh, well, you know, because even you were kind of saying like slippery slope and all this other But I'm like, but also freedom, it goes both ways. Like Disney also has a freedom of speech too. They have the freedom to fire her. So there's, there's freedom. There's, yeah. yeah, there's freedom both ways. And then not only just that, it's not like... My, my thing with slippery slope though is just, Right now, we're like, fuck her. We don't care about Gina Carano. But if it's somebody that we liked and it was something borderline, we would argue for her. But in the same argument community, well, Disney has a right to do it if they want to. It's like, yeah, they but that's do. What I was, that's what but, I was just, but that's what I was just about to get to. Yeah. And it's not like, but it's not like. like Wright. What, was it, what was it? Was it Letitia Wright? But even, but even with that, that's because I'm going like, I'm, 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 <laughs> to compare both of them. Because yeah. even with Letitia Wright, she said what she said, but then when she got criticized, she got off Twitter and she shut the fuck up. <laughs> she knew what, because she knows, because she's not a privileged white woman like but that's my, But that's my point. She <laughs> shut the fuck up. Yeah. But this Gina Carano thing. It's not like it was just this one tweet and then all of a sudden she Disney no, fired her. This has been weeks. No. Months. This has been back to going back to last year yeah. when she talked about not wearing a mask and the coronavirus is a hoax by the Democrats to seize power. 
when it's so like stupid. <laughs> Fucking almost half a million people have died from this fucking virus. I know people that have that have had coronavirus. Yeah. Like, or that are still still getting, you know, contracting coronavirus. Like like Jason LeBoy just recently posted That's a thing. The other thing. You got, how how sheltered is your life that you don't know anybody at this point that has yeah. had coronavirus? And you're gonna call it a hoax? Like the, the hoax argument is super stupid. <laughs> it's like what kind of global hoax? <laughs> like, like people we know, like Jason posted that he has coronavirus. So it's like people we know. I'm blanking. Huh? Who? Jason, the boy. Oh, the boy. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I'm just saying, like people, like people have coronavirus. Yeah, Eric had coronavirus. Yeah. Red so Ranger and, and people Rangers. and people have been dying from 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 this. So for you to say, oh, it's a hoax. Dumb. Like misinformed. No. But that, then even the but then even after that, even after saying that, Disney didn't fire her. Nope. After the whole beep bop boop. Disney didn't fire her. Nope. After saying, uh, you know, criticizing Black Lives Matter. She did that too? Yes. This bitch. <laughs> Disney didn't Disney This did, bitch. Disney what did you say about that? Disney That's a host too. <laughs> like, Disney didn't fire her. I don't remember exactly what she said. Uh, I'm like, well, I got to go through all her tweets. Nah, fuck, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. But Disney didn't fire her. Yeah. As a matter of fact, after a certain amount of tweets, because there was a video that John Campier released where he talked about this, and he said... Disney and Gina Carano had a meeting. And they were like, look, you got to shut the fuck up. Not even just with her, but her representatives as well. We're like, we're very concerned about these tweets. Like, you need to, co- like, you need to stop, basically. And she still didn't. And she still did it. That's, that's a special kind of dumb. And they didn't meet with her once. They met with her twice. And she kept tw- and she kept going. So at what point? But, but see what I mean? What I'm saying is this is definitely a personality thing with her. Nobody does that unless it's ingrained in you that when someone authority tells you no, you buck back. And she's so I'm not the, I don't want to stereotype because of the way she looks. But so then she deserve- she's so big and strong. I can only assume she's also stubborn. Up so here, personality you know or not, you deserve what you get. If you get if I get a warning at my job, maybe I showed up. Maybe I keep I keep showing up late or whatever. Yeah. So maybe after like the eighth time, because you know first first three times whatever, yeah. they just be like, hey, what's happening? Whatever. You get a verbal warning. But then after that, because again, I, I think Disney spoke to them, spoke to her like twice or three times, and not even just her, with her representatives too. Yeah. And Pedro Pascal spoke to her too. Yeah. So that'd be like if you worked at a pizza store, like a like a, like a pizzeria, and you walked in the, your first day in the job and was like. Hey, bippity boppity, bippity boppity boopity. It's like, uh, you know we're all Italian, right? You're fired. It was like, what freedom of speech? It's like, like um, we signed your checks. So it's like, out. even with that, so it's like, even personality thing or not, like, you did it to yourself. Yeah. Like, so. Oh, I don't you think I disagree with you? No, I, no, I'm oh, not okay. saying that. Yeah, I totally agree with you. But I'm saying this because. I'm just trying to give an explanation to why that a person like that would do what she, like, when someone, you work, you're Disney. You got it made. Wasn't she an uh, MMA person, Jeannie Carano? Yeah, she was. Yeah, she was MMA. She wasn't an actress. You, you, you are on the Mandalorian. What are they? And she's not even that good. Yeah, you're not but even that good. People still loved her character. Yes. I mean, myself included. I gave it to her just because okay, she's physical for one of the few yeah. times as a, as a female character that when she kicks somebody's ass, I believe it. But when you get fucking you, you, you've got it made in the shade. You're gonna get your own spinoff in a Star Wars series on Disney Plus. And they're telling you, yo, printing money. Yes, yo, you got this. All you gotta do, shut the fuck up. Just stop tweeting. You can you can think these dumb things all you want. (laughs) You can talk to all your dumb friends in private forums if you really want to. If you if you gotta express yourself in a dumb way, just stop publicly tweeting. And you still do it, not once 
not twice, but multiple times, there's something else going on. Not even three times. It's yeah, like it's, four times. It's not just like I'm doing this because of freedom of speech. It's because like no, like I'm just stubborn as fuck, and I'm doing this in spite of you because I think I should. It's my God-given right. Because I see people. Because I see people is. also <laughs> trying to compare it to the James Gunn situation, and it's like it's not the same. A the well, James Gunn yeah, stuff. The, the James Gunn stuff were tweets, tweets. For, yeah, they were old tweets from like ten that plus he tried years to ago. Once, once he yeah, big. they were old tweets that he talked that were like from ten plus years ago yeah. that he also came out and spoke against years before, like years before the Disney stuff. It's just uh, nobody cared. <laughs> like he apologized for them much, much, much uh, years, before he did Guardians of the Galaxy. Way before he did Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. And they just ended up getting unearthed because it was a conservative hit job because he kept coming out against like conservatives and stuff like that. So conservatives dug up those tweets mm. and then everybody else jumped on it. Yeah. But it's not the same thing because, yeah, because those tweets were from years ago. Granted, they were trash, mm. but they were from years ago. He also apologized for them years ago mm. and acknowledged them. I and he hasn't done it since. Yeah. It's. Uh, what is it, was it called in Dave Chappelle's show? A habitual line stepper. <laughs> like, you, you step on that line once, maybe it was an accident. But if you keep stepping on that line, Yeah, I was line, like, Gina Carano was ongoing. <laughs> yeah. And then also... Almost daring her. And then also, the fire. <laughs> Disney fired James Gunn without even having a conversation with her. They were just like, oh, reaction, fired. Mm-hmm. That and then, like the and then they probably then they it. probably thought about it and was like, oh, maybe we jumped too fast. That was the height of and so yeah, so then that's why they rehired him. But with Gina Carano, no, they had meetings with her. Mm-hmm. They tried. They they tried. They gave so her the opportunity. So at what point is 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 what's what's a fireable offense? Because people that the, the people that are defending her. In my mind, if you even if you defend Gina Carano, you have to admit that it's ultimately her fault. Like, it's not like a thing where it was, like you said, James Gunn, like, swift retribution and she's fired. It's like, she had multiple chances. Like, there's no one to blame but herself. If you even want to defend her, which is like, you, why are you defending stupidity? She was, she's saying dumb shit that she doesn't need to say, and she's doing it repeatedly. She's wrong on both accounts. <laughs> it's dumb. I don't know. Like, dumb. <laughs> say all your shit after you, after your show is over. <laughs> Or maybe if you... And you already collect the bag, and now you're collecting residuals. If you're less replaceable, because you're so replaceable. You're not a great I mean, actress. Yeah, at least... Granted, <laughs> granted. I'm not saying... I'm not saying do this, but at least wait till, like, the second season of your show when it's, like, popular. <laughs> now yeah, you're and like, you got power. Yeah. <laughs> but now you got no sway, and you're saying this all this dumb shit. So, of course, you're going to pull the plug on the show before it starts. Because they don't want if they, if they already feel like you're becoming a liability on the Mandalorian, why the fuck do you think they would give you the keys to your own show and give you more power? You, no, <laughs> stupid Gina Cross, stupid, stupid. I mean, yeah. So she fucked up. She fucked up her own bag. So what have you learned here? And we've learned this lesson how many times? Shut in the, the last fuck. Two years? Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. And, and, <laughs> and that's hard and that's, to do. And that's the thing I don't like about this whole narrative of people like, oh, they're uh, they're uh deplatforming conservatives and they're coming after all oh, the liberal media coming after conservatives going back to what you said <laughs> it's like media. this like basically what you guys are admitting is conservatism is couched in is couched in race, racism anti-semitism and uh anti-science because mm. that's what she's getting in trouble for but not I, her not her stance they, on taxes not her stance on foreign policy but when people use the racer phrase of the they're deplatforming her because she's conservative. It's I feel like people that are saying that they're at least somewhat intelligent don't actually feel that way. What they're doing is painting a broad stroke to make that fit their agenda. 
And their agenda is that to to drive the narrative of they're deplatforming conservatives. But when you take a like when you break open that that case and you look at it for what it is, it's like this is not about conservative values. This is about disinformation and 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 fucking saying stupid shit that that can be interpreted as transphobic and anti and, and racist. Like that's not conservative. Like if that if those things are equatable to conservatism. Then you need to either abolish conservatism or or change the definition because that should not be. And, part in, of and, and, in, and in many ways, and I'm gonna go there, but in many ways, it is part of conservatism. Because what do you think? Like, what is the general idea of conservative outside of like, oh, smaller government? Because they don't believe that shit at all. They always talk about, oh, they want smaller government, but guess what? They want to ban abortion. That's big government. Mm. They want to ban fucking uh gay marriage that's big government because you gotta the government gotta be everywhere to tell you what to do i feel like they the want, modern day conservatism is, is trump make america great again well now you're trying to harken back. but even that but like what's but not, not even just trump but like the whole ide- ideology of conservatism is conserving the past yeah Tradition- make america great yeah. again <laughs> traditionalism keeping things it's, it's, yeah. it's about not progressing and it's, okay but i didn't mean trump like trump is conservatism i just mean that that slogan make america great again was successful because it rode on that sensibility. Yeah. It rode on the sensibility of like, yeah, remember when things were great like 30 years ago? I mean, when things were racist yeah, and it's sexism? Like, and, it's like, yeah, who, it was back then when white was more That's what I was going to say. It's like, who was, it great, who was it great for? It was great for straight white men. Yeah. <laughs> even, even, even straight white women, granted they had it better and they still got it better, but I'm saying, but even it wasn't all that great for them either. And it's so funny. I've, I've, I've seen so many videos of people like, make what it great again. Make what great again. And people don't really have an answer. Like the average person that says make America great again, they're like, you know, the way things used to be when we had values. And okay, you say that. What about all the other bad shit in the past? Yeah. But like, all, no, but no, no, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the stuff for my benefit. But, but yeah, all, all, they, all they think about is like the Hallmark TV show, like Leave it to Beaver and the Partridge Family. They're and, thinking about WandaVision. And, yeah, WandaVision, <laughs> minus the weirdness. Yeah. Or I, lo- the- I love Lucy. They think about that, and it's like, oh, that's the ideal America. Things were perfect, and those. But it's like, yeah, maybe in those shows things were quote unquote perfect. But in the background, there were riots because of racism and mm-hmm. and lynchings and all that. There were no black people allowed on I Love Lucy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> unless unless you get the WandaVision, and when she's like, I don't know what I'm doing here. Yeah, because you ain't supposed to be here. <laughs> yeah, man. Good way to end the new section. <laughs> Moral of the story, fuck people. But the last, last, last thing with that. Uh, so then she released a tweet. Gina Carano. Yeah, yeah. That basically her and Ben Shapiro. Oh, are, so, oh yeah, I forgot about the. Her and Ben Shapiro are coming together to do a movie, and she's like, "Oh, I'm so proud. It's a blessing in disguise." It's getting, Ben Shapiro. Yeah, I know, but she's like, "Oh, it's a blessing in disguise getting fired from Disney because now I can do my own projects and things, and you know, tell my own story." Bitch. Yeah, she's trying to. Come on. But my, Be real. The sad, I'm like the sad reality though. Granted, it's not gonna make Disney money. But it's gonna make money, just like those like propaganda conservative movies. I mean, yeah, make but money. it ain't gonna make Mando money. It's not, no, that's what I said. It's not gonna make Disney money, but yeah. it's gonna make a profit. Yeah, but to, and, to and, sit and there and then with Ben Shapiro, and then it's funny with Ben, like Ben Shapiro is the one doing it because Ben Shapiro is a failed screenwriter. He uh. when he graduated from, I think it was Harvard. He went to Hollywood to one. He he tried to be a screenwriter, mm. but nobody would buy his stuff. Mm, so he became an asshole talk show because host? he tried to he tried because he always talked about there's no conservative television anymore and we need to write so yeah, I, that's I'm, a good impression <laughs> I'm assuming I'm assuming a lot of the stuff that he wanted to write was couched in uh, conservative ideology and you know nobody <laughs> really cared about that so the liberal media so he became a podcaster and, <laughs> so that's good that's good Shapiro. <laughs> 
So now he's trying to, you know, fulfill his his dream of being a screenwriter. Oh, okay. So they go. They're both assholes, and they get to be assholes and fill, yeah, fulfill their dreams together. Making, yeah, making something with Gina Carano. It's like, well, she's not even that good of an actor. But okay, no, she's whatever. not. That's the funny part. Like, what is she gonna be? Your lead? Good luck. <laughs> That's gonna be a great piece of media, whatever it is. So for all you guys looking forward to that, like, stay tuned for. The I, G- I I guarantee the Gina you, Carano and Ben Shapiro movie. Ninety. 90- 8%, I'll say 95. 95% of the people that are even pro Gina Carano on Twitter world going like, yeah, I stand by her. I'm going to boycott Disney. One, they aren't doing that. And two, they're probably going to watch this thing that she's going to be in with Ben Shapiro. It's going to be like, a, yeah, good for her. And then not even watch it. Yeah, I'm like, I'm, I'm actually curious to see how many people are like, hashtag cancel Disney. Let me wait till WandaVision's over first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Because Ben Shapiro. They're like, but wait. When Ben Shapiro. No, they're like, wait, wait. No, I'll do it. I'll do it after Loki. Then cancel Disney. Yeah, Yeah, when Ben Shapiro and Ted Cruz are in your corner, I feel like you should look around and go like, oh, I fucked up. This is, I made a mistake. But but she agrees with them, so. Yeah, you're right. You're right. What am I thinking? I I was thinking she has some kind of sense. (laughs) Common sense ain't common. Is that it for news? That's it. Okay. That's the way it ended. <laughs> and that's the week's episode of Blur Vision. We'll be back here next week to talk about more Wanda Titan. That's what we're calling it now. Not Wanda Vision, it's Wanda Titan. And, oh, and the Zack Snyder Justice League cut comes out this Thursday, right? No, doesn't it come out in March? Oh, fuck, really? I'm like, what? <laughs> why, did I, I, why did I get the idea that it was coming out this week? No, it comes out in March. That's whack. Whack. <laughs> I can, I'm, I'm probably wrong. If you think if you think that, then I'm definitely wrong. Then what's coming out this week? Nothing. I'm just making shit up. Like you're yes, <laughs> just my fucking my uh, wish fulfillment. I, I just want it so bad. <laughs> Zach, please. Yeah, tell me what is it? March 18th. Oh, I is got that your my birthday month wrong. No, you don't know me. <laughs> I got the month wrong. So I was thinking it's February 18th. Yeah, that, I said Thursday, right? Yeah, Tuesday. I was close. Yeah, 13th, March 13th. Yeah. That's my birthday, yes. <laughs> so When's my birthday? Huh? What September? M- I was going to say, what month is Se- my birthday? September. September. 20. Am I right so far? I'm waiting. <laughs> Three? Nah, you were close. Fuck, what was it? The 27th. Nah, I was going to say 25. I was still it wrong. No. <laughs> Fuck you! I'm not. I'm just as close as you were. <laughs> Kinda. That's why I said I, I, I'll let it go. <laughs> and that's. It's sad to say this. I think I remember your birthday closer than my girlfriend's. No, I take it back. Her birthday is is New Year's Day. Haha. I'm not good at birthdays, bro. <laughs> so I love you. New Year's Day. Just that's as much. easy. Yeah, I know. I, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So you should be proud that I remember yours. Kinda. Did, did you? Kinda. That means I love you. Anyway. All right, so this week's episode of Blur Vision, I'm your host, Jordan, with... Fire Gina Carano. Michael. <laughs> or she already... Yeah, she, well, she already did. <laughs> Bruce Shapiro, fire her again. Yeah, fire again. <laughs> and we will see you next week. Peace. Get up, get up, get up.